This week in league, George Burgess creates a new social network, Instacock. Benji Marshall takes a recon trip to scope out the West Tigers' September holiday destination. Tim Sheens installs New Zealand as the favourites for the World Cup. And we preview all of the action for round 18 of the 2013 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 128 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, so another week and a, uh, a momentous week, really, uh, for the show. As oh, we, some people would say as, that, as we, as we release our, uh, our second shirt. Other people would say it's a bit depressing. <laughs> the whole situation's <laughs> yeah. a bit fucked. Well, I mean... Some like, people. Like, in the words of, in the words of you... Let me just, I'm just pulling my phone out here to go to my um, oh, look. SMSs. This is going to be taken out of context. So um, so what I did, I didn't put any text around it. I just sent you a picture of the final design, like I, as a design and also like, you know, mocked up like on a shirt that a person was actually wearing. And your reply was, if it related to any other team, I'd say it was fucking awesome. Since it's not, I hate it. Fuck you, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, yeah. hearing it back, that's perfect context. Yep, that's yeah, exactly yeah. So, it. So, yeah. as it was intended. So, so the Tigers in Decline shirt is there. And we've had a pretty good response so far. Um, there's been a number of people jump on board. But I reckon, as we're listening to the show, as we're recording it on Tuesday night, I think to get the get it going, we're probably going to need another 10 people to uh to pre-order this shirt so if um i'm gonna buy one you know yeah. why i'm gonna buy one nathan what's that so i can fucking burn it <laughs> you realize i mean you know you, you're paying to get it produced as well so you're not actually gonna buy one. i mean you're buying one but you, i'll buy one you get one for free i'll buy two if i have to <laughs> i'll burn both those motherfuckers <laughs> so um yeah so uh some people's been like oh you know i'm you know, I'm thinking about it, or you know, blah. You know, put your money where your mouth is, or it, shut the hell up about tigers in decline. Yeah, it's not. It's well, it's, it's not even that. It's just like um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who are like, oh, you make that shirt, I'll get it. Crickets now. So, like the fact of the matter is, we um we're doing a pre-order because we need to hit a certain number of of shirts to basically hit a level where we break even on the production of the shirts. I mean, we're not gonna we're not doing them, you know, uh, at a loss. I mean, but but we I mean we're happy to produce as many as as many as we break even. Exactly. That's. I mean, I'm happy to break even just to just to, to have the tigers in decline shirt. To be honest, because quite frankly, I mean, we both work day jobs which pay us exorbitant yeah, amounts of money. I exactly. mean, we don't need to. You know, we're not trying to be millionaires yeah, off this exa- show. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it would be nice if we could if some of the extra could pay for some of the cost of the show. But I mean, honestly, I just want the shirt. So I mean, if we break even, I'm happy with that. I just want it like some color fire starters. That's all I want. Yeah, not chamois for your car. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we need we need uh, at, at this at this point we need ten ten more people, or else it's no go. And obviously, if it's no go, then we just refund the, the uh, people who have jumped on. And I'm sure they'll be disappointed because let me tell you, some of them, literally, I was getting the orders, uh, email orders come through from uh, from PayPal. Like within ten minutes after I first put it up there, it's just like bam, bam, bam. I was like, fuck, those dudes are keen. So, so uh, Trot- Trotter's first cab off the rank. Yeah, of so, course he was. You know why? Because he's a fuckhead. <laughs> Or you could say he's a valued listener of the show who supports the show in 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 the ventures. Ah, look, you call him what you will. I'll call him a fuckhead. <laughs> now another question has come up on the on subject of t-shirts. Um, after Tigers in Decline, there's probably two shirts that people are looking for. One, a Twill Nation shirt, which I agree is you know it's a good idea to have a Twill Nation shirt. Must happen. Yep, must happen. The other one, undefeated asterisk shirt. 
We've been talking about that for a long time. So Should we talk about stuff for ages. Yeah, and I know. Finally, we pull but, our fingers out. But as but then, as you've seen, like in the last two weeks, I've just got super motivated and designed the New South Wales one in a row shirt, which doesn't get revealed unless New South Wales win next uh, the next Origin You'll game. You have to show me that so I can make sure I buy one of them and burn the fucking thing too. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you later on. But um, yeah, I mean that one's. I'm not even going to reveal that one or show it to anyone. Um, ex, you know, obviously tweet it out or anything. Unless Until New South Wales win thirty-five, when they might crack it for yeah, a win. And, and the beautiful thing is the way the design is. I mean, it's you know, it, yeah. If it's next year, there's next year. I mean, I, I just have to change the number. <laughs> it's all right. It'll work. Still. But um, it's not going to get released until such time as it actually is they as they win. Um, so yeah. So there's that Tigers in the decline, and then what I, what I was getting at is um, we need to have a vote. So people, you need to get in touch with us uh, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and cast your vote for which shirt you want to see next after Tigers in Decline. Will it be a Twill Nation one or will it be one based around undefeated asterisk? Um, look, in my opinion, I think both will probably get made anyway at some point. Um, I mean, I'd like to see maybe the uh, maybe the undefeated asterisk one next just to, um, <laughs> you know, give the give the, the suffering Tigers in Decline fans like, you know, their like rebuttal shirt kind of thing, you know, <laughs> like... <laughs> or so, you know, from a, from a business standpoint, so we can... Um, so, so we can basically, um, you know, get the other half of the market that I'm buying the Tigers in the Clon shirt. But um, yeah, so that's the situation. Uh, Tool Nation or undefeated asterisk shirt uh, designs TBA. But uh, if you want one themed about either of those next, then let us know. But you know, like people need to prove: are they all fucking talk? Are they just a mouth yeah. on a stick? Well, that's Are true. they a two dollar mouth with a ten cent head? Yeah, because my, my time doesn't come cheap. So designing these shirts, I mean, you know, I'm just saying that yeah. you know. I've copped it. I've copped Tigers in fucking decline for better part of two seasons down, Nathan. Yeah, that's and right. And people are happy to lay the slippers in, yep. but don't want to put the money forth for a shirt. And I'm just saying, you're a tight ass, you're a big mouth, shut up or put up. Put up now, or shut up, whichever. Now, just on the subject of the shirt, um, Gary Cox, who is a, he's a, he's pretty much a serial pest on our Middle Facebook. loves the Loves the Gary loves the He's... um. Serial pest on Facebook, and um, he wants us to release a V-neck shirt, <laughs> which kind of fits in well with Gary loves the cocks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in he's, his V-neck shirt, he's, he, he started just by asking how we normally, and I said, "Look, you know, no." Nah. <laughs> yeah. And then, then he, did, then he started putting on Facebook, "Let's go on V-necks." <laughs> so, no, um, and um, I sent you a message on Twitter saying that um, when Nicklin laughs at your jokes, yeah, which one just died. Yeah. <laughs> the one about accessorising our shirt with a handbag. <laughs> oh, she laughed. She chortled. She um, laughed. And uh, De- Dennis, I told her to shut up. Dennis, Dennis Valente, he asked if um, he orders Tigers in the client shirt, can he have it signed by you? And I said, yeah, of course. <laughs> now, so now you've got to fucking sign it. Fuck, you know. Okay. As in... <laughs> Can I like sign it? You mean sign it with like just a signature with a pen, or like put my mark on it, if you will? <laughs> Look, I was thinking signature pen, but I mean Dennis listens to the show, so he can he can come back and let us know, you know, if he, if he'd prefer some other fluid, other, other use, than, other use, than use it as a sock, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now feedback uh, from last week. This is all Gareth L. So I mean, we asked about Gareth and what you know what's Gareth been doing, and haven't really heard about his fortunes over there. Sam Dunn. 
came back with probably the most exhaustive one. He said, all right, guys, just listen to this week's episode where you spoke about Gareth Ellis and how he's doing back in ESL. He played pre-season, then got a stress fracture in his foot while warming up for the first game against Leeds. Ended up missing 12 weeks. I spoke to some Hull fans when they came down to London and they said, well, at least we got to see him warm up. <laughs> he's back now, went pretty well until hurting his back for England against the Exiles in June, but he returned last week. You can tell what a quality player he is, but he probably looked better with the team of destiny that is the West Tigers. Why in God's name did he go to Hull? He got made captain pretty much on arrival. Also, I was wondering how you rate Adrian Morley in the list of English forwards who played in the NRL. He was good when he was on the field. Yeah. Morley. Much yeah. like Gareth Ellis in England. <laughs> <laughs> Except Gareth's injury, obviously Adrian Morley was off for doing head high tackles and stuff. Yeah, he could could take a uh, could take a head off. Yeah, he could. But yeah, no, he was I thought he was he was very good. Adrian Morley. I liked him. Yeah, he was he was that good I forgot he was English. Yeah, and that's a, that's probably the highest compliment you can pay. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> like Gareth Ellis. Yeah. Like you know, we say his name in a funny voice. Yeah, I never but... forgot that he was English though, because because of the you know, the way we said his name in a funny voice. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Gareth, mate. <laughs> Fucking Aussie ass. <laughs> Gareth was great. Um, and uh, Brent- I, miss, I miss yelling that. I miss it. <laughs> well, that's good. And all the people around me at games. <laughs> what the fuck is this guy <laughs> carrying on about every time he got the ball? Oh, that's great, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> Bryn Owen Give me said. Give mate. Like, they're like, hey, where are you from? <laughs> Campbelltown or London? All right, Bryn Owen said, uh, your mate Ellis has been getting carved up more than actually doing the carving, seeing how he's always injured. Beaver is a legend. He's getting carved up by a fucking surgeon. What's he's, he's ended the sentence, Beaver is a legend. <laughs> if, the, if the NRL can turn the brothers Burgi, in brackets, more cranium than the Easter Island heads, into stars, Roby, who was trained by the greatest hooker of his generation, Kieran Cunningham, would rip it up over there. <laughs> Kieran Cunningham? Is that Richie Cunningham's brother? He said, oh, yeah, um... Oh, actually, I won't mention that. He said, I had the misfortune of discovering blanked out league <laughs> league internet <laughs> name this week, and I thought you guys gave us shit, but this guy's a great A twat. Keep up the good work. Uh, Tiger's in stagnation. You'll never win fuck all with that cock in charge. <laughs> Big Mick Potter fan, then. Yeah, massive. He said, uh, says me with Nathan Brown as coach. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, mate. <laughs> I mean, that was like, that was very ADD. I mean, like, there was... <laughs> There was so much content in that. In there it was ridiculous. Who sent that one? Sorry, that was Bryn Owen. Oh, of course, uh, that guy. Yeah, uh, and then we got uh, Matt Boyle. Oh, and, fuck! Uh, here we go. This will be interesting. He just he opened it up, you know, with a compliment. He said, uh, "You sheep shagging, inbred, xenophobic motherfuckers." And he said, on a separate note. Yeah, Gareth played a few games unspectacularly this year, having met, spent most of the season injured. Of the Aussie imports, Justin Carney's made the biggest impact on the wing for Castleford, but maybe, maybe mainly because he's been banned about three times for a total of around ten matches. Fuck, <laughs> Justin Carney. Yeah, remember him? He had like he had, he had, he had legs like yeah. Mal Meninga looked at Justin Carney and said, "Man, that guy's got some fat fucking thighs." Uh, yeah, he had uh, legs like a horse and also caught like a horse. Yeah. Fuck me, he had some shit hands. Yeah, yeah. Shit, carving yeah. up for Castleford. Yeah, yeah. Car- well, car- well, carving Can't up for the, farm, except, except for the 10 weeks that he's been out of suspension from the sounds of it, yeah. What did he do? What did oh, f- Who knows? He's a That's winger. <laughs> part, part two, Matt Boyle. What has Justin Carney oh, actually done? Don't encourage him. Look, I'm, I'm not saying Matt Boyle has to interact with us again. Who wants to hear from him? Oh, all right, all right. Um, we had Twitter feedback from our old mate, Paraman. Haven't heard from you in ages. You're old, mate. And he, uh, and he tweeted, he said, still loving this week in League podcast. It's actually funny when you haven't watched any footy. It makes the recaps a better listen. Someone stole his telly. Yeah. 
He's lost the love of the league. I mean, he's a Parramatta fan, obviously being called Paraman. Oh, he I mean, guess. He may guess. as well change his name to Buy Man or something. <laughs> <laughs> Spoon Man. <laughs> Suicidal Man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, once again, thank you everyone for the feedback. Oh, actually, no, one more thing. I got an email just before we um, kicked off tonight from um, uh, Gavin Rennick, who uh, emailed us the other week. He said... Um, I was listening to the Saturday Offload podcast from Triple M Sydney yesterday. They had Robbie Farrah on and a call came in from Luke in Brisbane. Now, Luke from Brisbane came across as Australia's number one Tigers fan. Robbie loved him. He also sounded a lot like Glenn from this weekend. <laughs> Just call me Luke. No, I didn't make so, that call. So, that wasn't you? No. Nah. I said I'd raise it with you and see what you said about it. No. no. Oh, look, I have a real thing about um, ringing radio stations. I, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. You, 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 you bombed out years ago when you're trying to win nah, a classic. Never, I've never, I've never really. Look to tell you a, a bit of a story. There was a um, a thing on Triple M just before the Brisbane State of Origin game. Yep. And um, apparently you had to ring in, um, and register or, or whatever, and yep. uh, then they'd ring you back if you made the cut. You'd had to answer a question, then you went into the draw. Yep. And one of the boys at work entered. And nominated me as the person that would answer the question. Yep. I was like, nah. Being this a is- rugby league podcasting phenomenon, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like yeah, I had, a, I had a few people ring me up. They heard me on the radio. Yeah. And it was like, that's not fair. Like, you host a rugby league show. Yeah. Like, what were the odds of you getting it wrong? It was like, who kicks goals for uh, for uh, Queensland? And okay. plays for the Cowboys. As soon as they started saying who kicks goals, I was thinking Cam Smith. And, <laughs> and they said the Cowboys. Oh, thank fuck for that. Wouldn't I look like a right well, Matt Scott? Which, yeah. <laughs> you got it. Um, no, I'm just I'm not one of those people that would ring a radio station because I listen to them and go, you know, people that ring up and they air their dirty laundry and say, oh, you know, my husband's got a nasty case of herpes, but you know, sometimes when I feel a bit randy and stuff, I still, you know. They probably don't say that, but that's what I imagine. You know, people <laughs> ring up radio stations to be like. And you don't want to be one of those people. Nah. You know, you're just helping a mate win a comp. Well, he sort of said, "I've got Triple M on the phone." I'm like, well, "Fucking what?" Why <laughs> <laughs> tell me your fucking problems? Because yeah. <laughs> you've got to answer this question. We can go to the, go to the Origin. It was actually before the, the Sydney Origin because yeah, it was okay. all expenses paid, okay. flights, and all the rest of it. Yeah. Turns out we didn't win. I was a bit, you know, thank <laughs> fuck for that because yeah. it goes against everything I believe in. <laughs> so fuck ringing radio stations well there you go <laughs> there's a bit of radio station uh, 101 from Glenn exactly News. Okay. First, we, uh, well, there was no complaints about the clock last week. We've obviously uh, cracked the code there and the formula's perfect and um, the haters have all decided to become uh, lovers of the clock. So, we'll kick it off with Mitchell Pierce on State of Origin saying, if I don't win, I've got no doubt I won't be there next time. He considers Game 3 as his last chance to be considered an Origin, to, to be the Origin halfback, I suppose. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, he probably yep. could have said that three years ago, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it would have been just as apt. But um, look, I think Reynolds is is the halfback of the future for New South Wales. I don't think Mitchell Pearce has has done anything to uh, 
to really cement his spot or, or show yep. that he's he's an origin player. I think he goes missing in big games for, for long periods of time and, and you know, when that applies to club games as well. You know, significant club games he, he tends to go missing. Yep. And um that fact's been overshadowed a lot by my Maloney, certainly at the Roosters. Um you know, fair enough. He's been fairly honest, but he also has some decent games at club level too. That you know, he's never had an origin, and he's and he's been the half back in four of the seven series losses. Yeah, so not good enough. Not good enough, Mitchell Pearce. He should be gone already, in my opinion. All right. Um, holy dooly, that just comes out there, doesn't it? Dugan <laughs> could Where was rule. It supposed to come out. Dugan could rule himself out of the third origin game because uh, he's got a kid due. On July 20, which is three days after the game, kid could come early. He wants to fly up to Queensland because it's where his ex is. So he's not even, he's not with the chick anymore. And so he's going up there to be uh, be present for the birth. She must her. be a big fan of uh, Josh Dugan's if she was like heavily pregnant and well, moved to Brisbane <laughs> away from him. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, like, you know the Can- Canberra broke up with him and <laughs> yeah, the Broncos. I mean, you know, they didn't have a one-night stand. They didn't even play just a tip with him. And... Uh, <laughs> Or maybe they did, <laughs> but yeah. Um, maybe maybe he's not going up to be like at the bedside. Maybe he's just going to be on the on the roof of the hospital, <laughs> wetting the baby's head with some cruises. <laughs> but yeah, it's always unfortunate. Babies are always due. I mean, why can't these guys fucking you know organize organize a route into in you know in March so the baby's going to come out at Christmas time? No footy on. You actually got a bit of a holiday from your preseason training as well. It hasn't really kicked off either. And you know, go well, from what there. do I think? I mean, it's it's intelligent, isn't it? I mean, that, I guess well, that's why I'm not. You're wondering. Player. So you, your question is, wasn't Josh Dugan intelligent? intelligent yeah. Well, okay. Point. Let's made. crack the fucking code with that, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jack Reed out four to six weeks with a dislocated collarbone. Broncos doing it so tough by sliding into an advertising. <laughs> by sliding <into> advertising hoarding. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Um, dear Broncos are fucked. We're going to get into that later, though. But. Jeez. Yeah, mate, look, I tell you what, they're really just never going to recover from that, you know, mustering all that energy to beat the Tigers. Um, <laughs> their players their players run themselves ragged that night, and, and it was a credit to them they got a good win, but, you know, it's it's much like when you, you know, you run a Datsun 180B, when you just redlining it every day, and that's what they've done. They redlined the Datsun 180B that is Jack Reed. <laughs> <laughs> and he blew club. up. There you go. There you go. Okay. Now this the rumours are abounding at the moment. And I've heard it from several different sources. So I mean, applying the old where there's smoke, there's where there's fire. Benchy to the Waratahs. That's a big, uh, the big word at the moment. Um. Well, he's he's shown no ability recently to be able to kick out on the full. I was just um, gonna I was just gonna say that, which is you know pretty much the, the and and he's and he's shown no no real skill goal kicking either, which are probably the two primary skills required to play rugby union. Certainly, if you play in any position that Benji's going to be eligible for, yeah, yeah. Um, it probably fits the bill as far as he he's not the best defender in the world. Yeah, true. Um, but they don't play run. They don't they don't like people running the ball and, and you know putting passes on either. So and you can't much do that. like you said when he was starting on the bench that for that game. Maybe he could throw the line-out ball, start him off the field, face him in. And get it into a player, actually, on his own team. Yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe. Well, I yeah, mean, I guess it's like, more of a contest. Who knows where it's going to end up. Yeah, Might true. still end up in the fucking grandstand. <laughs> true, true. And finally, George Burgess's dick. 
Yeah. You must have been I mean, wait, oh, hang on, that was way too enthusiastic. <laughs> You're <are> fucking delicious. <laughs> Let's talk about his dick. <laughs> a fucking spotted dick and a fucking delicious English cuisine. Um, so, yeah, he's, 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 uh, he's sent them to a, to a young lady, presumably, who's then, you know, put them online. <laughs> you know, so, Thanks, so, love. <laughs> Look, I just want to, like, like the, the 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 first thing that and all rugby league players should fucking learn. Yeah, I guess people, you know, with the whole Snapchatting and everything like that. I mean, I would think that the that if you're gonna have your face in a photo, then that's great. You call that a selfie. Send them a picture of your face. If you're gonna have your dick or something in a photo or your tits, why not? crop the head out of it or just you know make sure that the head your face isn't in the shot so then there's like some sort of plausible deniability about the fact if it's actually you or not yeah that seems like a fucking like the most obvious thing in the my world. question is George's mm. recent trouble in Cairns street pole the story was or <laughs> did he pull the pole out of the ground or did he pull his penis out of his pants and beat the car with it <laughs> well that is that is the question and uh, you know, nothing's going to happen out of it and I mean and I don't think anything should happen either I mean if he's been sending it sending the chick and she's put him online then you know so be it it's not like he broadcasts them out from his like from his Twitter account he's just <laughs> like, he's like hey ladies <laughs> look at my cock <laughs> that's great check that out <laughs> <laughs> look at my cock I call it Gareth <laughs> Call it Big Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, he, should, he probably shouldn't get any trouble. Call it I mean, Queen Lizzie. <laughs> but I mean, fuck the, the the thirst, the thirst on fucking Twitter though. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen to those bitches. Oh mate, you just it was just like like when when they first when they first leaked. I mean, what what I heard on Twitter was this. It's like. And it was just chicks, just chicks slipping off their seats and hitting the floor, like just, it was unbelievable. It was like they were hitting, they were hitting the, like to the rhythm of like fucking like Joey Jordison from Slipknot, fucking like working the double kick. They were hitting that they were, that many of them hitting the ground that fast. The fafability faff- rate of Twitter just rose through the roof. Um, exactly. Look, at the end of the day, this means only one thing, Nathan. What's that? I'm gonna have to leak some photos of myself onto uh, onto Twitter. All right. The area to Photoshop <laughs> penis on the No. People are like, oh, how cute. <laughs> how cute. Is this a trailer for the, for the second Hobbit movie? <laughs> my precious. My precious is a shape of a mushroom. Only smaller. That's, that's, that's enough of that anyway. <laughs> so we can finish the clock part on that. We went a bit over. Oh, isn't it funny? The part we went over on was the, was the part talking about um, a, a man's penis. <laughs> Speaking about <laughs> thirst. <laughs> We've always said we love the clock. Uh, I mean, wait, what? Oh, the thirst, thirst is real. Uh, but um, Tall Hayden actually tweeted us and said, Won't somebody think of the children? NRL now to ban penises. Can't have kids playing the game flashing cocks everywhere. <laughs> So that's the final word there. Um, now, main news: Origin sides have have been named. Uh, New South Wales, uh, slight slight difference. Um, Dugan uh, retains the fullback position after Jared Hayne was initially brought into the side and then uh, ruled out. Um, Jared Hayne was actually placed on the wing in, in uh, number five jersey. He's since been ruled out, so they brought in uh, James McManus to uh, replace him. Uh, McManus, pretty solid, pretty pretty solid selection, I think. Oh, I think it's a pretty ordinary selection. Um, oh, and it's, al- and it's almost like he was selected based on one game where he fucked up Anthony Don. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not like Anthony Don was like, you know, fucking like Trevor Gilmeister or some dude that could tackle. <laughs> like, it's like, why don't, you, why don't you pick fucking random McRandomness who, do, who just carved up down the fucking touch field? I mean, it's, just, 
the same diff. And they put all these, you know, his stats work out pretty high based on, like, you know, the whole money ball sort of thing, you know. And um, But still, you probably would have been hard-pressed to find a better candidate than... Uh, Jorge Tafua, but they Georgie Georgie. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, didn't he remind him? We'll get to that. But uh, yeah, also Boyd Cordner. He's uh, he's been brought into the squad uh, for number twenty jersey, number twenty. So obviously, there's um, yeah, Greg Bird's probably in a moon boot. Uh, Gallon's probably a little bit, you know, Boyd um, fucking Cordner. Yeah, Boyd Cordner, fucking really? Bolter, Bolter. East fans are just fucking just jizzing everywhere. Thirsty. Going, oh my god, thirsty East fans. They're going, he's fucking sensational. We love Boyd, Boyd Cordner. Put some photos. Instagram, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess there's a lot of a lot of uh, you know up in the air sort of stuff there um, as far as injuries and stuff concerned. Tamau comes back, uh, Woods drops to 18, um, so he's still in the squad. Um, I guess pending, you know, I guess if Gallon's injured, I mean, there's you know there's some forwards that have got some question marks. Tamau's got plenty of time to get caught drunk again. Plenty of time. Dude only needs fucking night, doesn't he? <laughs> um, Queensland unchanged. Of course, yeah. Uh, 19th man is Will Chambers. I don't know if they went as high as 19 guys last time. So does that mean there's a submission over one of the one of the backs? Well, probably Justin, Justin Hodges. Hodges in the side. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Uh, Brent Tate. I mean, yeah, that dude has to strap himself to a fucking gurney to get you know. Justin with, Hodges with drips has a, and all sorts of shit. Hamstring fucking tension of a tampon string. <laughs> or is it like you know the, the tension's actually more tense? Well. Depends which way you look at it. Either way... Well, he's a tampon, though. He is a, <laughs> I mean, I, I like the tampon one because, let's face it, he does have a habit of being in for one and out for four. Fuck, for a guy that is so crucial to his team's fortunes, fuck, he has some time out. At every level of the game, too. Like, just fucking... Like, when he's on, he's on. Mm. Like, and he usually plays pretty well when he's actually on the field, but fuck... You've got to, you've got to do the sums and think, is it, worth, is it worth only having him, like, you know, once or twice a month? Yeah. So, um... You know, Queensland, very stable side. New South Wales, fucking, you know, I don't really rate McManus. I thought uh, old Jorge, the greatest Mexican alive, would have been a, a fine candidate. It's not actually Mexican, but whatever. Especially especially in the, you know, in the origin situation where, you know, you could really use a um, a winger that could, you know, run it back like a forward off the own line, you know, that sort of thing. While the forwards McManus goes all right. I, I don't think that's a horrible selection. Yeah. I think defensively... Well, he's not a horrible selection. A horrible selection is Nathan Merritt. <laughs> I think mean, defensively, is, he's, uh, he's going to hold his own there. Yeah. Um, good finisher, solid uh, bringing the ball back. But um, I just think probably Tafua was more more of a, a dynamic option yeah. as far as um, his ability to bust tackles, etc. So. Yep, yep. Okay, um, speaking of origin still, uh, Ashley Klein has been assholed and Ben Cummins. Can I just yeah say one thing about the origin team? Yes. Remember when Robbie Farrell was considered not an origin player? Remember that? Why do and, we have to fucking talk about this every week? No, I'm just saying, remember that. And then Mick Michael Ennis was, you know, he was he was origin material. Paul Gallon's in doubt. Robbie Farrer, captain. Love it. Love it. I don't see anything about Bash that. Bash that right now. up your ass, you doubters. I see I see him in there as as, as VC. But uh But if if Gallon's out, he'll be the captain. Yeah, There's no doubt about it. To me, that just says that Gallon's 100% going to play this game. <laughs> That's what it tells me. <laughs> now, 
Uh, Ashley Klein has been dumped for the Origin Decider after two shithouse games with the whistle. Ben Cummins makes his return to Origin for the next Wednesday's game, teaming up with Shane Hayne, who retains his position. Klein was the main referee when Blues captain Paul Gallen punched Nate Miles in the head twice in Origin 1. He decided to let Gallen stay on the field, but then overreacted in Game 2 when he sent four players to the Symbian in the second half following a melee in which only two people threw punches. So following both matches, Queensland uh, officials told NRL Top Brass they had concerns over Klein's refereeing, and um, the referee's manager, Daniel Anderson, said Cummins' form with the whistle during the past month had edged him past Klein. It's a significant achievement to be appointed to a game of this calibre, and Shane, Ben, and the team of officials have earned their appointments through the strength of their performances over the past few weeks. Who do you think is, best, is the best ref in the game? There's a lot of different um, like opinions out there, depending on like, you know, who, which perspective you're looking at. Apparently, Gavin Badge is super, is like super popular with the players. Because he probably doesn't talk to them like they're, like they're cockheads. Well, he generally has yeah. a bit of a laugh, has a bit of, you know, he explains yeah. himself quite well. Yeah, I mean, and like, um, who's that fucking um, modern family dude that like works on the sidelines now? Yeah, like, the, the, the referee's like in trust cup up here and runs the sideline. Like that fucking guy, I mean, I think he'd be universally, he speaks to, you know, players like shit the whole time and I think he would be universally the least most popular and probably you know and given you know obviously how he's working at the moment you know one of the worst I mean Chechen's by far the worst I'm just trying to think who else is fucking out there that you can I mean Shane Haynes still gets the top top appointments but I've I've had some problems with him would it would it be that hard really like would it be that hard to have a good rapport with the players you wouldn't think think so so. if Gavin Badger can do it yeah like I'm nothing against Gavin Badger but at the end of the day it wouldn't be that hard to have a good rapport with the players you speak to him on a level that that they respond well to. Yeah. You don't, you know, speak to them in a condescending fashion or put yourself above them. At the end of the day, you're there to referee their actions. You're not there yeah. to steal the show from them. I suppose um, the rugby league rule book is it's a defined set of rules. It's not yeah. like, you know, infinite fucking changing possibilities like, you know, set plays and things that players have to learn. So why can't referees learn? Okay. The captain of Manly who's going to likely be the guy approaching me on the field is Jamie Lyon. Jamie Lyon, he's a bit like this, so I need to be like this. And, you know, on the other hand... You know, like someone like Robbie, you know, he's like this. So when, you know, Robbie comes up to deal with me, then I've got to see, you know, why can't they fucking train yeah. their approach to, you know, different types of, you know, then, then you know, like, you know, Ennis or someone, you know, he's a cunt. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I tell, tell him to, to suck my dick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, look, every referee, with the amount of things that happen on a field on the run, yeah, I can live with, some errors, you know, at yep. the end of the day, they're going to have to make split-second judgment calls. I would do a fucking horrendous job of being a referee. Yep. Um, there's just, there's so much going on around them. There is two of them, which should make the job easier. Yeah. But when you've got guys that are supposed to be watching the, you know, you know, offside, the offside rule is something you shouldn't, they shouldn't get wrong. Well, I mean, you've got, you've got touch judges as well that can, yeah. like, actually, you know, line up 10 metres if they have to, you know, to... It, that sort of thing, um, you know... Strip, strip, ball stripping in the tackle. That's a fifty-fifty. At yeah. the end of the day, with the players wrestling, and you guys see, trying to and wrap you can't up see the, the ball. angle and stuff like that. Yeah. You know. But you know what? If you're not sure, go up to go upstairs because but after they fucking, were doing after that. Maria Hargraves bitched just exactly. last week. But they were doing that a few seasons ago, and then people were bitching that it was holding the game up because they were checking every little oh, I'd thing. Ra- I'd fucking rather, I'd rather it be right. right. I mean, like knock-ons, like the you know, little knock-ons when there's like a you know crazy passage and like the balls on the ground bounce bobbling around. Yeah. She's like, you know, in the middle of the field, that's fine. The issue, I mean, get fucking send-offs and symbions right. Mm. For st- make sure you look at it and get the facts. So situations like Origin Two don't happen. I mean, like, there's no way the fucking Hodges and Bird should have gone. Sure. I mean, they're pretty much spectators. 
So that, that was, I don't know, fucking like, still to this day, I don't know why they, those two guys got sent. Um, tries. Fucking get those right. Because, I mean, how fucking hard is it when everybody in attendance watching it on a big screen fucking, you know, 30 metres away. I don't know that this season there's been TV, that many horrible decisions on tries oh, compared fucking, to last year. There, there, yeah, there's been, there's been a fucking lot. There has been a lot. And, and it's funny when, like, you know, you, the viewer, you look at it and you immediately make up your mind with a real, like, you know, like a quick decision, and you're firm on your decision, and you're like, well, it's obvious because of fucking X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Commentators, they make the exact same decision almost universally without any dissent on their panel or, you know, whoever the guys are in the box. Then you get two referees in there that come back with the exact fucking opposite of what they say. And it's just like, I don't know if they're looking, they're looking at it too too much. They're like, they go in thinking it's going to, you know, it's... It's just some fucking shit decisions. And really, I mean, if they got tries right, and also like penalties where it's like, you know, penalties for, you know, high tackles and that obviously should be looked at, you know, rather than just, you know, blank. I just think that the media plays into it so much and there's so much scrutiny over over referees' performances that they are under the pump. They are intimidated by by that, whether they want to admit to it or not. Daniel Anderson's got a job to do and, and prior to him, the guys that held that position before... Um, know that they're going to have to face music. Robert Finch, like mm-hmm. he was fucking dead man walking for three seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a shit job, and I'd never, I'd, you know, I'd wish I would my worst enemy. You know, you'd have to be a certain amount of fucking crazy to be referee. Yeah. Yep. As far as I'm concerned. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's certain things that they just shouldn't get wrong. As far as I'm concerned, um, exactly. there's always going to be an element of. Error if they do have to make split second decisions on the run, I can live with that. Um, anything involving the video ref- video referee um, and blatant forward passes, yeah, shouldn't really get those wrong. Yeah, and forward passes like you know, just the, the little cheeky ones like from dummy half and that. Mm. Fucking every not a game goes by when you don't see half a dozen of those bastards get by. Exactly. And it's just and it's definitely it's not perception. There's no fucking way it's perception. It's, it's reality is they're like you know fifty centimeters forward. If not more, I'll give him one thing though. They are, you know, they are dropping guys this year, and they are yeah. sort of being um, slightly more accountable than what they have in the past couple of seasons. And the problem is they don't have the pool of top level guys that they can just go like on some rounds where every match people are crying bloody murder about you know refereeing decisions, and they're like, well, they're, okay, you we can't drop them. You're all fucking dropped. Yeah, <laughs> you know they can't do that. Otherwise, they have to go back to one referee. Um. Anyway, that, that fucking uh, that went down. That went down a tangent. Um, fucking Robert Louis. This article came out, written by um, Peter Bedell, and this is just and he's I think it's bad B A D D S seventy six on Twitter. Um, he's not on there too much. Uh, believe me, I've tried <laughs> to get him on there. Fuck this fucking article. I'm going to read out some selected parts. After two years of hell, Robert Louis finally is at peace. The evidence isn't just in his football. Spend just five minutes talking to the Cowboys halfback and he radiates contentment. There was a time where he feared his rugby league dream was over. Just over a year ago, he was temporarily banished from the game by the ARL Commission. The code's punishment for an off-field incident involving partner Talia that saw Louis placed on a two-year good behaviour bond. During his stint in NRL purgatory, Louis admits he feared he would never play again. He viewed the ban as his road to perdition, seemingly discarded for a mistake he eternally regrets. That's the fucking opening of that article, and then it goes on to hear, you know him, you know referring to it numerous times as an off-field ordeal. 
not him kicking the ever-loving shit out of his pregnant fucking girlfriend. It's... <sighs> I just I just wonder... Let's just say... Robert Louis is at... He's at the pub with his mates. Mm-hmm. Right? They're there. An altercation breaks out at another table between a bloke. Totally unrelated. You know, nothing to do with Robert Louis or any of his mates. Yeah. A bloke and his missus. And he... Um, you know, the bloke smacks smacks his missus up, right? Yeah. And slams a sliding door in her head and kicks her into pretty guts. If he does all of that, yeah. probably only serves my story a little bit better. That's what I was thinking. If Robert Louis is sitting there, what do you think goes through his head? Does he go, yeah, yeah you fucking teach her a lesson? Or does he go, fucking play on, play You know on. what? That should probably happen behind closed doors. <laughs> Half closed doors. Half closed doors. <laughs> and then open. And yeah, then closed. And then half closed <laughs> again. And open, half open again. Um, or I can guarantee he doesn't sit there and go, that's absolutely fucking deplorable behaviour. And I'm going to go over and fucking smack that bloke up because well, you know he's what he does. You know what? He, shit human. He, you know what? He probably does think that. And then whoever he's at the table with goes, don't you? How fucking dare you say that? No. <laughs> because anyone that's going to be mates with Robert Louis. Yeah condones that behaviour by way of their fucking mere friendship with the bloke. Yeah, and he's, um, he's big. He's, uh, in he's- a real purgatory, that cunt should have been in fucking life purgatory. Yeah. yeah. Twice. Yeah. Twice he did it. It wasn't like, fuck, I tripped and fell and I just managed to catch my missus's fucking drawer on the way down. Oh, I feel really bad about it. Never happened again. And he's gone on some fucking real tangent of um, philanthropy and, and, yeah. and you know, gone on... on a big uh, push for, for women's rights and, and protection of women and domestic violence causes and all the rest of it, he fucking hid. Mm-hmm. What he fucking did was hid. He hid like a cat after f- smacking his missus up twice, once when she was heavily pregnant, soccer kicking her in the fucking head. Yeah. And now we're writing pieces in widely published and, and read publications. Yeah, this is on his courier mail, this one. Yeah. Just fucking unbelievable. And, and they talk and about his... Sympathetic pieces. <clears throat> fuck that. And they talk about his... um, uh, Where is it? He viewed the bandage yeah, seemingly discarded for a mistake he eternally regrets. He was not he was not discarded anything. I mean, does fuck Does he me. eternally regret the second time? Or does he eternally regret the first time or both? Because if he eternally regretted the first time, he couldn't have regretted it too bad because he then went and did it 12 months later. Well, again. that's right. He's actually celebrated it on the anniversary of the last time. I mean, it was almost like a fucking reenactment. Um, and his mate, he's got a mate down there at Cowboys now, or up there at the Cowboys. Cowboys veteran Brent Tate succumbed to injury. Louis found solace in the casualty ward. It wasn't good when Tate hurt his leg, but when he did it, he was there for me and we got through the hard stuff, the rehab together. Me and Tate got really close during that time and his support made me mentally tougher. The hardest thing was watching the boys play. I would be happy enough at training, but when they'd play, you'd wish you'd be out there. Then it's like Louis's manager, Mark Stewart, helped the halfback through his darkest days. There were no winners in the saga, but without his primary passion, Louis found solace investing in the community. I'll tell you, there is a fucking winner in the saga that Robert Louis Robert is currently Fun- earning... Rob- in excess of $100,000 mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck he might be earning. There's a big winner because he's not in jail getting fucking gang raped up the ass by people who... As who, he should be. Who, who, treat, who treat fucking women beaters as the fucking, you know, fuck towels that they should be. I just... I can't believe that in, in this day and age that a journalist would see fit to write such a pathetic piece 
it's it's fucking disgusting. And as someone whose family has been heavily affected, as I said before, heavily affected by serious domestic violence, for someone to come out, if Robert Louis wasn't a rugby league player and there wasn't a story in that, mm-hmm. would that journalist go and write a story about a bloke off the street that smacked not. his missus up twice and went, oh, mm-hmm. poor bloke? Poor yeah, bloke. Not. And then his manager, here's a quote from his manager. It was a very difficult set of circumstances. It was very traumatic what he and his family went through. What he put him he's, and his family through. Yeah, and what yeah. he, he didn't put himself through anything. He, you know, Rob and his partner are still together and going strong. They're both good people with a young son. At heart, Rob is not a bad person, but he went through a very difficult situation with the pressures and stresses that come with life as a young couple with a baby. Well, for starters, the I've baby, been a the part baby of a young couple with a baby. I never, I've never been, jammed my wife's I've, head in the I've sliding been there door. Tw- I've been there twice and <laughs> never thought of raising my hand to fucking any of them. Um, and and let's and we talk about a young couple and a baby. The baby wasn't there the first time, motherfuckers. It almost wasn't because of the first mm. time too. You'd have to think. And it's like I hate the, the whole fucking language of this article. Like, he and a professional through- athlete. Look, this guy gets up in the morning. Yeah, gets up in the morning. Goes to footy training, comes home, maybe has a bit, a bit of, of sleep, media, has might, sleep. Get in, might get in the pub, have a bit of a punt, maybe a beer. Yeah. Who knows? Goes and I know he goes and trains in the afternoon again. Mm-hmm. What a fucking hard life. What stress terrible. he must it's be terrible. under at nine from 19 years of age when he was playing 20s at the Tigers. And he makes the kind of, and he, and he makes the kind of money that, you know, like, that we have to bust our fucking asses, like, ridiculously to approach. And, you know, what a tough life. Yeah. A young couple with a baby. Yeah. On six figures, yeah, you know, like it's terrible. Isn't and the it? hardest in, thing he has to do is go to footy it. training twice yeah. a day. Oh, yeah. fucking poor you! Yeah. No, I can't believe that people would fucking buy into that. What a mm-hmm. disgrace! And so, really, I mean, like you know, just to to expand on what I said on Twitter at the time when I first saw this article, it was really you know, fuck Robert Louis, fuck Peter Bedelli wrote this bullshit, fuck his manager, fuck the Cowboys as well for fucking dealing with this cocksucker, and who else is on a fuck? Fuck everybody involved with this bullshit. Quite frankly. Agreed. Speaking of fucking people, Tim Sheens has come out and insists that New Zealand are the favourites for the World Cup. The bookmakers have the kangaroos at one to four <laughs> to lift the trophy, but Sheens in England to support the Festival of World Cups believes the competition is wide open. The Festival of World Cups? I know, I never heard the of it. The fuck is that? I never heard of it either. And, uh, and, and he said, Sheen said, when I took over at the end of 08, my main aim was to hopefully survive long enough to have a shot at it, he told reporters at Rugby League Football, the Rugby Football League's Leeds headquarters. He experienced a final defeat after New Zealand won the 2009 Four Nations in Brisbane, and that makes him especially wary of Stephen Carney's men going into the 14-team tournament, which kicks off in Cardiff on October 26. New Zealand are definitely going to be the team to beat, no matter what anyone says. We're not world champions. New Zealand are, and I can tell you, they'll be very strong. I've seen their squad get stronger and stronger as they've blooded the younger folks over the last two years. And he said the Kiwis have been fortunate with their draw, having been paired with France, Papua New Guinea and Samoa in Group B. Australia are in the same group as England, Fiji and Ireland. And although two t- three teams qualify for four quarterfinals, the group winners will earn an easier passage through to an anticipated semi-final. That makes the Kangaroos opening game against England at the Millennium Stadium a must-win fixture, according to Sheens. Obviously, you want to win that first game. It pretty much means you're not meeting New Zealand until the final. Sheenius. Sheen's, he's obviously scared of Benji Marshall. No wonder this guy ran your fucking club into the ground. How dare you? How dare you? Premiership. How dare you? Two semi-finals appearances in fucking 37 years. I mean, exactly. What a record. Well, I mean, yeah, it's an incredible. What a fucking record. Incredible strike rate. You know, coupled with his magnificent success up at the fucking Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Sheenzy, the master of mind games. But really... Clearly not. He's trying to play mind games with Stephen Carney. Um, I'm, just, I'm just saying Stephen Carney he goes into that battle a little under-equipped in ammunition. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. Just, I mean, of all the things to play mind games over, I mean, rugby league World Cup, yeah, probably not massive on the list, especially when there's only three teams, you know, that can theoretically uh, qualify for the grand final. Yeah, you know, you Australia, really... New Zealand, and Papua New Guinea. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, England. Yeah. <laughs> um, hook. Brisbane hierarchy have ended months of speculation over coach Anthony Griffin's future by guaranteeing his job for next season, even if the Broncos miss this year's finals. The board has given unequivocal support to Griffin, <laughs> whose tenure it. has come into question and missed Brisbane's dramatic slide to 13th place on the NRL table. I can hear them loading the guns now. Exactly. He's got the unequivocal support, so that means he'll probably be sacked after Origin. <laughs> the Broncos facing their worst season in the 25-year history and must win six of their last eight games, including Friday night's clash against Cronulla to make the playoffs. So, if the Broncos capitulate and miss the finals for the second time in four seasons, Griffin will avoid the axe. He's contracted until the end of 2015, and... Uh, he was confirmed on Monday night that he'll be at the helm next season, irrespective of a finals fade-out. It's not a finals fade-out. They're not in the finals at the moment. <laughs> I can categorically say this now, White said. Anthony's job is safe. Simple as that. The club's fighting very hard to make the finals. There's still a job to be done this year, but myself and the board are convinced Anthony is the right man and the right coach for our club moving forward. The strong thing about Hook is that he's brutally honest, he's got an enormous work ethic, and he treats people with respect. He's building the right culture for our club. We're going through a tough period at the moment. We're being challenged, and we are right to be challenged. I'm just as accountable, and my job is to make sure everyone in this organization has everything they need to succeed in an industry where the bar keeps getting higher. Sacking Griffin is not a reaction we are contemplating. Anthony Griffin's building the culture of, at the Brisbane Broncos. Mm-hmm. Apparently. I'd like to go out on a limb and say that culture was well and truly fucking built and uh, set in concrete by the time he rocked up there. And it certainly wasn't derailed in any way, you know, by Henjack. Well, he wasn't really there long enough to no. derail it sufficiently. Um, to be fair to Griffin, he's, he's dealing with a fairly undermanned squad, as far as I'm concerned, in, in key positions. He's got Corey Norman who doesn't pass the fucking ball. He's got halves that are fucking useless, effectively. Scott Prince was possibly one of the worst recruitment decisions the club has ever made. The thing is, and though... They've made some fucking doozies over the years. The thing like, is, that decision, well, that, that decision to, would have came from him. The decision to continually play those years yeah. in, in their various positions, that would have came from him. The, the, the decision to, to continually play Josh Hoffman out in the, on the wing... That, Quite that frankly, though, where does he... He's, he's between a rock and a hard place. He knows that his hours aren't getting the job done. Yeah. Anyone that has ever watched the game of rugby league can tell that. Yeah. But where does he go? Yeah. Are they, who, who are their 20s halves? Yeah. I wouldn't be able to fucking tell you. Yeah. What do you do? do you, I mean, the start of it for me would be to put Hoffman at fullback and put Norman at 5'8". Yeah, exactly. And Princey Left or, right out. or Wallace, one of the two. Yeah. I think Princey's been playing out of position all year. Um, so he's he's up against it. He certainly doesn't have um, the speed off the mark to be a five eight in the way that the Broncos play the game. Yep. Um, and but you know if they're not recruiting anyone. They're not. Yep. Their twenties halves. Again, I don't know who they are, so they can't be great. And they got to be. There's, you know, they're not ready to come through yet. Surely. Well, no one's mentioned them. Yeah. And, and the Broncos fans on Twitter are usually quite vocal about, um, you know, getting you know, young guys they want to see called up. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, 
I think he's probably between a rock and a hard place there with his halves, and I think that is a crucial part of of their game that that they just can't quite get right. And um, he's probably also going to cop the cop the brunt of that. It is admirable that the, they've come out and supported him, but you know the Broncos are used to results. But not everyone's supporting him. The next part of the story. Gordon Tallis said he believed Kevin Walters' as Taylor made the rebuild the Broncos. <laughs> um, I've just got to try and find a quote from, from that, that imbecile. Um, he's been linked with a return to, to Brisbane. He's off contracted um, as an assistant coach at Storm uh, at the end of this season. He's undecided about his future. And he said, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing next year. My family's still in Brisbane, but I'll see what happens for the rest of the season. Brisbane do need to make the finals. Knowing the Broncos and the culture that's been up there, they won't give up, but they're making it hard for themselves. However, Darren Lockyer has urged the power brokers to stay patient with Griffin. I've said to a few people, including Paul White, that Anthony is the right coach for the Broncos, says Darren. I've been coached by plenty of coaches, and from my experience, Hook is very good. He's been coached by plenty of coaches? Yeah. Wayne Bennett. Ivan Henjack. Anthony Griffin. Wayne Bennett. Internationally, yeah. Origin, Mal Meninga, or should I say Michael Hagen, or was it Neil Henry coaches the Origin side? I forget. <laughs> Fuck me, dead. Yeah, I've been coached by half a dozen people, and I'm and, I'm, and I feel I feel qualified to say they should ask someone like Tyrant Smith if he's a good coach. Some guys fucking been around. You know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Phil Blake, what does he think? <laughs> <laughs> Phil, what do you think of Anthony Griffin? <laughs> as, as he raised the coach, I mean, you, you know, you've been coached 150 times. <laughs> he taught me how to chip and chase. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Darren said that I'm confident that he can make Brisbane a competitive powerhouse again. Just competitive. Yeah, that's that's what that's that's how that's how bad things are for the Broncos at the moment. They're just uh, they're just looking for competitive. Competitive is the holy grail at this point. Because let's face it, we'll get to the we'll get to the recaps, but they're not. Um, Blake Ferguson. David Ferner is pushing to have uh, Blake Ferguson back for their next game, describing it as essential to keep him in footy. So um, Raiders are still going okay. Obviously, they have 11 home games in a row. They've won. They beat the Cowboys on the weekend. It's essential um, to keep him in footy. In footy, yeah. I mean, he'd be lost it's to the game. It's a shame Blake Ferguson doesn't think it's essential that he's kept in footy yeah. by not being a fucking gronk. Yeah. Now, he said that, um, uh, that should he be cleared by the courts... He'll be pushing to have the 23-year-old named in his side to play Parramatta following the bye. Initially, the NRL said Blake could be out for four weeks, and after the bye, it'll be four weeks. Obviously, we have to go through the right channels, but I'll certainly be asking about things to see where we're at. So, yes, I'd like to have Blake back for our next game because he needs to be playing. I'll say right now that he still has a long way to go with his rehabilitation. But an essential part of that is to have him back in the footballing environment. There's more. I've spoken with both Anthony Mundine, who's been helping Blake, and the NRL. They all agree Blake needs to be back in football. So right now, it's a matter of having a look what happens and then sorting through things with the right people. It's one thing I'll say about Chuck Mundine. He's not afraid to put himself out there. Oh. No matter how many people slam him. Yeah, yeah. Because cause Mundine, cause, you know, because he says he should be back in football. Yeah, let's David be back Furness in football. David Furness taking his word for it. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> oh, just, yeah. Yeah. If if he's convicted, you know, and that's the thing. Oh well, you know, if he's cleared by the courts, well, of course, if he's cleared by the courts. But who said he's going to be cleared by the courts after the bye? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. They could adjourn <clears throat> it for six weeks. Yeah, yeah. What could. happens then? It's not. I mean, these these court court appearance things are never usually one and done. Usually, it's like five minutes in there. You know, file some paperwork. If I can see you in a couple of months. So yeah, exactly. Um, 
And speaking of, there's gronks that need to be rubbed out of the game. Uh, Mitch Allgood <laughs> has has your 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 mate Rennie Matua has come to his defence. Oh, Rennie! And he said that Mitch Allgood had no choice but to hit or be hit when he took on Steve Matai on Monday night. While Matua said he doesn't condone violence on the field, he's defended his teammate uh, for punching Matai. Mitchell's desire and want got the better of him in the end. Frustration came into his game. Stevie's a very scary guy and he's been a bit of a bully, so to speak. I've been good friends with him over a number of years, but I think Mitchy saw him coming and it was hit or be hit. I don't condone it and it's not a good look for the game, but it happened. It's what Mitch has to deal with now. <laughs> And then he goes on to say... That's, that's actually f- a fair statement. I don't, I don't know that Matai was going to throw a punch. Though. Matai wasn't going to throw a punch at all. And and put it this way, if you can't get Steve Matai to throw a punch at you after you king hit him, he's never. He was. that means he would never have been throwing a punch in that situation. Yeah, true. And like, I can't... I mean, I could not be more fucking impressed with Matai. It's a mixture of like pride and disbelief. That he actually fucking reined in and had the and like when the red mist descended over him, he was just like, "Don't throw a punch! Don't throw a punch! Don't throw a punch!" Man advantage, fucking winner. See you off you go. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I don't, I don't think there's, there's much wrong with what Rennie Matua said, but there was plenty wrong with what Mitchell did. <laughs> fucking idiot! What a fucking brain snap. Yeah, and I mean, like, I don't think he should be suspended for the first like the swinging arm because it was kind of around the body. I mean, he was like. It looked like it was really malicious, but I mean, I don't know if he was trying to punch the ball. I mean, I'm almost inclined to give a little bit of benefit of the doubt and say he was trying to actually punch the ball. You out. of all people, but fuck me, dead. But, that was his, that was. But it was it was around. Kill. I mean, he was never going to get the, he was never going to get Bure in the head though, because I mean, there was one guy on each side of him, and he came around behind that and swung like, swung like around, you know, like his midsection. So I don't know if he was like. You know, I don't know. I, well, I don't know what he was thinking because clearly what? it was a brain explosion. That whole Pure fucking sequence for him. Fucking hell. Yeah. Should so. Be um, He's going to get a grade three striking striking charge, um, and if he takes an early plea, he'll cop a two game ban. If he fights it, he'll get three. I mean, there's really, you know, there's no way that they can. <laughs> no doubt he'll really, fight it yeah, and put forward a really shit case, so he does lose and he doesn't have to fucking play three games for Parramatta. They're going to use vision of Trent Merrin and Paul Gallen punching um, in Origin over the first two games, which resulted in them missing one game as part of their defence if they decide to fight the grading. Uh, Mitchell is a real is a good kid and he really wants to win. Matua said. Unfortunately, he took it to the 70, 70th minute, and even though the game was out of reach, he still wanted to lift the team, but he lifted the team the wrong way, I guess. <laughs> Motherfucker's got fucking... Brenny, you had me. Clean. You had me right up until that last little paragraph. Dude, dude's brain's fucking like... he got clean butyrol in the brain. <laughs> Too much fucking clean or stenosolol, whatever the fuck it was you're on, Manny. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Enough said about that. Recaps. Okay, kicking off a Friday night football. Melbourne Storm, 32, defeated the Brisbane Broncos. Nothing. Crowd of, not a bad crowd, actually, for Melbourne in winter. Just, uh, just under 17,000 people Especially there. Especially with a, a big AFL game across the ditch. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, what have we got here? <laughs> did I say across the ditch? Across the ditch you did, yeah. There's surely there's a ditch in there somewhere. It must be. Probably a gutter where all the Collingwood fans are. Yes, Melbourne Storm tries Jesse Bromwich, Justin O'Neill, Ryan Hinchcliffe, Sisawaka, and a double to Maurice Blair. Uh, Cameron Smith, four from six conversions. And Brisbane Broncos, sweet FA. Fuck all. <laughs> Clearly, take one look at the scoreline. You see that Melbourne were never really troubled in this game. Um, 
they got on top very early. Bromwich strolled through after a couple of minutes and it only got easier from there. But it's it's pretty obvious, you know, from this start, you could see they were pretty they were all pretty relaxed out there and, and when Cronk, Smith and Slater play relaxed footy, yep. pretty good to watch. Yep. Like Cronk's kick to is it uh, Justin O'Neill out there? Yep. I always get Justin O'Neill and Dane Nielsen mixed up. Yeah, well, Nielsen went to the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. they're the same person essentially. <laughs> um, I believe they're twin brothers. <laughs> but like Cronk's kick there, he had a mile of time just yep. put it on a dime for him. Um, as we started to sort of say earlier, we touched on when we were talking about Griffin for the Broncos, they're suffering severely from a lack of creativity. Um, you know, we look look at Prince's career history. You'd, you'd sort of back him to be able to create. Um, you know, with some of the plays he's got around him, but he really does look past it, and it pains me to admit. He, he just he looks a step behind. And Hasn't played for you for a very, very long time. I mean, you can let him go. I, look, I have to Ask say, me about Matt Orford. even in his time at the Titans, you know, like, <laughs> Ask me how I feel about Matt Orford now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a pretty sorry night for the Broncos and their fans. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty sad about the whole situation. What about Sissa Wonga getting man of the match? When was the last time a winger got man of the match? It's very strange, and let me tell you, I mean, like I he had a bit... Tagiri got a bunch for the Broncos. <clears> well, he had, a, he, he, had a, uh, he, he had a good game, but a man of the match game, I'm, you know, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I would have thought, you know, I would have given it my personally, maybe to Cameron Smith. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Maybe, I mean, maybe if maybe only Kronk. for the better interview Smith would have given. Yeah, but Sissa Wonga, I mean... Hardly the most articulate fella... And he, wasn't, and he wasn't. He wasn't even. He wasn't even the first or even second best winger on the weekend. And he's managed to jag himself a fucking man of the match award. But I don't think. I disagree. I don't think the Broncos were. You know, like the scoreline probably doesn't represent it. I mean, they came close. Very. You know, must have been what four, five times. You know, cl- I mean, close to close to tries, disallowed tries, shit like that. I mean, they, they tried bomb, their guts bomb, out and bomb tries. But I, I don't know that Melbourne. You know, were at their absolute peak. And they did it pretty easy. I think there's a bit of rest fault going around too from the Broncos fans. <laughs> 32 nil, Which makes me fucking break. cack myself. Um, look, the Broncos, as they always do, they tried their guts out. Um, and, you know, they never gave up at all. But I just I just got the feeling that, you know, even if those, those tries had been allowed, Melbourne were fairly well, playing fairly well within themselves. Um and, you know, it's no shame to say the Storm are a much better side than the Broncos at this stage of the game. So It's a terrible shame to say that. But, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Twitter. CA Photo 10. Finch, Norrie, Prince. Those three would have sperm older than the Broncos' back line. Yep. JR underscore Buff. And he'd probably take photos of it. Just yeah. <laughs> He's a, I would back Ray Charles to hit a bullseye in darts before the Broncos to score points against the Storm. Uh, DJ explain. Fucking Maranta couldn't score in a brothel with a pocket full of greenbacks. Hash useless. Some this, pretty impressive efforts to stop them, though. And this, this, I'm going to, I'm going uh, to throw this tweet up as you know, possibly the best one of the entire fucking week. Dugs, that is D E W G E S. The saying "Rugby league is good when Souths are good" really should be "Rugby league is great when the Broncos are shit." <laughs> <laughs> Ben Dunn 43 Geez Broncos fans Are almost as fatalistic As drag queens fans And there was a bit of uh, Mass uh, Wrist slitting And stuff going on, on Twitter anyway From what I saw Yeah there was a little bit Going on Erebus Chaos He's tweeted this to us And the Brisbane Broncos Official account The sooner Prince Fucks off to England The better I love the Bronx But fuck me Prince is fucked 
Jesus. <laughs> the, only could have, the only improvement that he could have put on that tweet was tweeting to Scott Prince's Twitter account as well. Uh, Garbs1985. Lick the blood off the sword, Broncos. Storm just killed your season. Jeez. Yeah, this, oh, oh, fairly mate, dramatic. Mate, there's a, there's, a, there's, there's a fair Venn diagram crossover there between fucking listeners of this show and, and viewers of Game of Thrones, let me tell you. A lot, a lot. As people, you know, would say, like, you know, this week in, you know, this week in Game of Thrones. But yeah. uh, Hammers, H4MMERZ, said, when the Broncos win the, sco- the spoon this year, will Prince be the first half to guide two different teams to last place? Hash Broncos, Broncos in decline. Well, you know, it's, 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 not in, it's not impossible. I mean, as, as things currently lie... You'd go, well, you know, yeah, Parramatta are fucking are so bad that no one's going to surely fall below them. But... The Dragons are pretty fucking bad too, just quietly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and uh, Amy Lee underscore said, The Storm are like the Lannisters. They're strong and powerful, but everyone hates them because they're evil, despicable creatures. Fair point. Does that, like, does that, does what does abs- that make the Broncos? Starks. No, that implies that there's some kind of honour and goodness in them. True. Really? Phrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's more like it. Yeah. They're all ugly well, daughters. <laughs> well, actually, well, yeah, that, that makes sense as well. Actually, with their, you know, with, with their, you know, with no spoilers, but you know, with their treachery and stuff as well. Yeah. Like you know, yeah, with the whole Super League War, they were you know kind of the catalyst of Broncos. So yeah, Broncos are phrase. Brilliant. Um, next game. What about me contributing to a game like of Thrones? A, like a, re- a reference, reference thing. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Say manly, manly like Starks just constantly get like the, the most honourable good people in the entire fucking kingdom of rugby league, but constantly be fucked over by referees. <laughs> Except they're actually successful and victorious a lot, so this can't really be the Starks either. <laughs> oh, that's a hard enough. Finished? No, I'm not even fucking started yet. Wait till we get to Monday night before. <laughs> anyway, Friday night, a game near and dear to your heart. Yes, the Sharkies, thirty-six. Defeated the West Tigers 22. Crowd of just under 14,000 people. And the points, 36 for Cronulla came from tries to Wade Graham, Nathan Stapleton, Luke Lewis, a couple to Fafita and Jason Bakuya. Uh, Carney, perfect. Six from six um, conversions. West Tigers 22 came from tries to Hot Sauce, Bodine Thompson, Simona with a double. Simona. Fucking, how good is fucking Simona going? She's Benji. Two from three on the conversions. And uh, Betty White had to get in there. Throw one over as well. Also, so my, so my list right here says, Tigers, 22 points. Yeah, four tries. Okay. Yeah. Why would Benji sack himself? Fucking, if only. <laughs> I mean, fuck, can you imagine how, how many games... Well, then again, you don't really lose games by two points. You tend to lose them by, like, two tries. Um, oh, look, slight hiccup for the team of destiny. 24 nil at one point in this game. Yeah, considerable hiccup for the team of destiny. <laughs> um, did you ever think that, I mean, oh, look, I agree with you 100% they are the team of destiny. But, did, <laughs> but, 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 but I just want you to entertain this possibility. they're destined for the spoon. Yeah, their destiny is to be shit. I mean, you know, do you think that that, that, that might be the case? No, I, I just think, Nathan, that that sort of line of thinking only illustrates... Your really horrible lack of knowledge about the game of rugby league um, and, and the intricacies involved, I just don't think you, you can function at a level um, <laughs> that would enable you to understand, um, you know, the fabric of which the Tigers make up. That They're just... They're, the premiership, is, it's written. It is written. They could, honestly, the, the, they could... 
they could throw fucking Benji into a fire with some dragon eggs and he can come out and fucking grow a couple of dragons and they can use the dragons to burn their opposition for the rest of the year and they still couldn't accumulate enough premiership points to get themselves into the finals. The, the only man that is destined to be the father of dragons, Nathan, is, is Robbie Farrer. That's the man that you can see doing that. <laughs> he's, the, he's, he's the mother. He's going to a fire with, with a few kebabs wrapped in alfoil. So he's, the, he's, the, he's the mother of schnitzels, but that didn't go too well for him, did it? <laughs> Going to a fire with with a few kebabs wrapped in alfoil, and out would come some dragons. He should have called it. He should have eyebrows. He should have renamed his restaurant to, instead of like was it, it was Tiger Tiger, and then it became like a tiger. Yeah. Then he should have called it like Tiger in Decline. <laughs> that been a great restaurant. Oh fuck! You'd eat there. Yeah. You'd be their best customer. Oh fuck! I'd be like fucking uh, like Norman and and uh, and uh, Cliff in fucking in Cheers. I'd just be sitting there the whole time, and someone would walk in and be like regular, hey, an army. <laughs> Don't get it. <laughs> Fucking shock me. <laughs> Never watched Cheers, eh? Not really, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Look. Fuck. <laughs> the Tigers are much better than what they exhibited in this game. Um, they started out okay. Um, and then all of a sudden, a bit of a lucky try to Graham to open the scoring. And um, Chucky's got on a bit of a roll and... And, and that was that. Certainly, as far as the first half went. How about, um, how about for feeder? Look, unbelievable. Playing him, playing like he is, only really rubs further salt into the wound as far as the Tigers' current predicament. But uh, um, and speaking of the Tigers' situation, if ever there was a time to show up, yeah, and and blast out of the blocks, yep. You know they had a, a reasonable sort of record going. Um, you know they had it the loss of the Broncos but other than that they were starting to build a little bit and people can laugh at that if they want but um, you would think that against you know with with a bit of a history now for the last couple of seasons with the Sharks um, with so many former players there there's there's every there's a bunch of reasons for them to show up and blast yeah. out of blocks and play yeah. Gallum wasn't playing all the opportunities were there you wouldn't have fucking known no um, Feeder stepped into the breach and Graham. To be fair, they did come out in the second half and, and played like I know they can and um you know, looked like they were coming to get the Sharks, as far as I was concerned. I thought um they had all the momentum. The Sharks was were really struggling. Um Do you remember how the momentum the Tigers, stopped? The Tigers were aided and abetted by Stuart Mills making a solid audition for the Paul Carriage All Stars. Um and then they got a penalty. Yep, that was and, the moment that I made up penciled in as well. And they threw the ball to Benji, and I have to say, and it pains me to fucking admit it, I was sitting there on the couch with my, with Troy. I said, I don't think he's going to kick this out. But what, what, why? Because I get a fucking gut feeling whenever Benji's kicking for touches, he's not going to find touch. <laughs> I saw a stat, I, don't, it was, I think it might be, I can't remember his exact Twitter handle, um, it's at Niles something, it's a guy by the name of Mitchell who's a massive Tigers fan and I don't know where he dug up the stat but apparently nine times Benji's failed to find touch nine times across his career or yeah. nine times in the, this oh, year I don't know what the time frame was but yeah. if it's nine times in your career it's pretty ordinary yeah exactly it, it wouldn't shock me if he said nine times over the last two seasons um, and that was it. they built a lot of momentum they were coming to get the Sharks um, you could tell the Sharks were starting to get a little bit worried mm-hmm. um, the ground they were making the tries they were scoring were far too easy and that 
kick didn't cost us the game by any stretch of the imagination, but it certainly killed all of the momentum that they'd built. It did shift and, it massive. And then the Sharks come down and and scored, and the Tigers, to their credit, fought back and scored straight after. But, you know, fuck me. Like, there's certain skills. We were talking about the rest before. There's certain things you shouldn't get wrong. Yeah. There's certain things. When, you, when you're there and you've got the ball, yeah. and all you have to do is kick it over a fucking sideline. I mean, not, hard. not rocket surgery. And it wasn't like he was really, like, trying to bite off that much either. Like, it wasn't... He just you mistimed know. it. Yeah. Like, so many of his goal kicks, yeah. Nathan. Yeah. Quite frankly. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. I'm glad you finally come on board with that. Well, credit to the Sharkies. Um, Fafita had an absolute blinder. Man of the match performance and well-deserved. Um, you know, our record against the Sharks in, in recent years has been fairly dominant. Yep. Um, this season, we've now lost two to them. Um, and you know both times we play very ordinary. It's it's disappointing against a sign that we have really fucking dominated since at least two thousand and five, if not yep. further back. So um, disappointing. Just a blip on the radar. We'll be back stronger and, and bigger and better than ever. But uh, and and recontinue our charge up the ladder, which is so far um, gone one place and counting. And um, you know, <laughs> we, we continue our charge into the eight. And uh, you can all bash your Tigers and decline shirts up your ass, just quietly. Thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop to pre-order. At three cards. You sound like that guy at the end of the fucking political ads. <laughs> um, Spoken by Ian Goulis. <laughs> for uh, This Week in League, uh, Tigers and Decline. Authorised by Tigers and Decline. Three card magic trick. Benchy Marshall in top form tonight. If he keeps this up, he'll be in the ESL in no time. He really was in top form because there was... a. Two passes over the sideline, mm-hmm. a kick that didn't find touch, a missed goal kick. 2013 vintage Benji Marshall performance. Uh, Drew underscore Nathan five said, shouldn't there be a celebration for Lawrence's last game of the season? Hash in for one, out for ten. Jay Stibb, who goes by the Twitter name of Poonslayer. Any team looking to increase their size only needs to recruit one of Nathan Stapleton's biceps. Hash curls get the girls. Hash tigers in decline. <laughs> The underscore Q78. If I t- and he tweeted this to the West Tigers. If I turn up to work and perform like this, I wouldn't be employed next week. So I always, I always respect the people that actually just come out and like just slam the, the actual target of their message. Um, three card magic. You didn't just sniffle. I did. did I did. That's probably oh, the first time I've ever sniffled yeah, on the show. Dare you? I'm, a, I'm, I'm very sick and my voice is running out. As you can oh, probably hear. Poor you. Three card magic trick. Who is this Stuart Mills nufty? He's playing himself into a starting spot for the Nathan Merritt All Stars. Hash Barry Crocker. Oh, fucking! And didn't he have a fucking game? Yeah, and then uh, Queerly came back. The underscore Q seventy eight. Stuart Mills is Paul Carriage two thousand and thirteen edition. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the furry cobra in the background there, meowing up a storm. I'm gonna go. Mitch can't punch. Fucking Mitch Allgood broke into my house. <laughs> Mate, I will not let you, I will not fucking stand there. There's no referees here, mate. You, I will not let you fucking unload your little bitch slaps at me. CA photo ten. Who's the guy at the Tigers who told Fafita to look elsewhere? I thought those type of dunce decisions were reserved for Para. Can't argue with that either. Look, the their decision and and the official line certainly from Sheensy at the time was that Fafita was let go, so they freed up room for for, for uh, Woods and Gray. And the decision to to Ty Woods up uh, mid to long term is has been well and truly justified as far as I'm concerned that, that kid's carried the side yep. um, at various points um, 
Quasi Grotto, on the other hand, since being he's up KTFO'd, um, hasn't quite been the same. Yeah. And he's been battling back from various injuries since. So um, the jury's still out on him. But you, you can't really argue with the Woods decision. But, um, you know, if it was Woods and Fafita that they decided to to keep, yeah, rather than Woods and Gray, you'd, 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 certainly if Fafita had continued the form that he's showing at the moment and was still playing for the Tigers, you couldn't really argue with that. But in the toxic two, two dressing room environment, Fafita really you know, felt like he couldn't thrive. <laughs> you know, I'd say. Um, I wonder if he was Team Robbie or Team Benji. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, we got Chapo, the creator, said, Fafita Mania just ran wild over the West Tigers. Hash Tigers in decline, hash bye-bye Benji. That's one thing about this whole Benji thing, right? If yeah. he does leave the Tigers. Yeah. Um, how, what's, what's the over-under on how long Tim Moulton will be at the Tigers for? That's true. Those two are stuck together like Fluffy and Benny. Well, not that Tim Moulton's going to follow him wherever he goes. It's that he's going to be arsehole out of the club. Yeah. Because, I mean, well, that whole dressing room is going to get shut down. So, the amount of players that just disappear from first grade, you know, it'll be interesting to see the names. It will be, you know, it's one thing, as far as the fallout goes, um, you know, if it will show whether the whole two dressing room thing was a load of bullshit or yeah. whether, because, you know, at the end of the day, if, if guys have, have aligned themselves with um, with Benji and then Yeah, but Potter's a, new, Potter's a new coach, you know, so he might put a stop to that shit too. Coming to assert his authority, maybe that's why they're playing so shit this year because like they're they're resenting the fact that they don't get their own dressing rooms anymore. And they talk about you know like little little buddies. You can't argue with Robbie's form, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, certainly for the Tigers, he yeah. he has you know, and that's that's all you can ask. Yeah, but as a team, they're playing like a bucket of shit. No, but if if you want to look at as as far yeah. as how the two dressing rooms are yeah. performing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Luke Shark seventy four said for feeder and the hot sauce shuffle. How would it feel getting stepped by a prop? Hashtag is in decline. A prop that's got some pretty impressive footwork. I don't think there's any shame in that. Tedesco was one of the best players on the field. I I want to give the final word to CA Photo 10 again. Oh, fuck. In a wonderful piece of marketing timing, those hashtag is in decline shirts will now sell like electric blankets in Iceland. (laughs) Next up, another smashing. Sydney Roosters 36. Defeated the St. George Illawarra Dragons, nil. Just under 12,000 people down there at Cogra, and the points went as follows. Uh, Roosters tries to Maloney, Boyd Corden and Michael Jennings, two dads, Aiden Guerra and Daniel Tupo. Maloney, perfect six from six goals, and the Dragons, nothing. Sonny Bill only played a really small role in this win. As a, as <laughs> Twitched a, a hamstring and was pulled off rather early. As someone, as someone who has him as super coach side, pardon the pun. Very fucking disappointing. Um, it says a lot about how bad the Dragons were, considering the Roosters' best player was barely sighted. Yeah. Um, not much to say. The the Dragons were uncompetitive. The Roosters played within themselves and and ran away with it. Jennings in full flight. He's keeping a low profile. At the Roosters, yep. it shows that he's, he's matured and he's he's learned a bit of a lesson from the experience at Penrith, and um, or he's in an environment where you know it's it's a good environment for him. Oh, Not cocked up, there was never going to be an environment where he was going to be better received and more lauded over than than Penrith. Yeah, but also he but, had the, on the flip side of that, he had people you know daily questioning whether he was going to get asshole because you know his, his contract extension was too much money and he was sucking up too much cap at the side yeah. and you know blah 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 so he's not going to be hearing any of that down if there he was Roosters. playing like that if he was playing with the same consistency at Penrith yeah. that he is at the Roosters at the moment 
not one person we question his value. Yeah, it's a lot of money for a winger, though, isn't it? I mean, for a centre. Fuck, he's worth every cent when he's playing like this. I don't know if any centre in the world is worth that. Chris Lawrence, but... Tim <laughs> if you pay if you paying six hundred grand a season to, to to Chris Lawrence, say, I mean that means he's getting like three hundred grand a game. <laughs> He'd want to score ten tries a game for that kind of money. Jesus, oh, he's more than capable. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, it just it just makes you why he couldn't things couldn't work for him at Penrith, and maybe some maybe he's playing like he is because of the change. Um, but you know that he always had that ability in him, and. Yeah, disappointing. I, I would have liked to see him stay and play out his career at Penrith, um, given that he was a junior and come up through the ranks and was fairly um, highly touted from, from a very early stage. So um, the Roosters kept rolling on. I think, um, you know, against some pretty ordinary opposition, Pierce played pretty well. Yep. Um, and, yeah, the poor old Dragons didn't really have an answer. They were, yeah, clearly. They couldn't even get on the board. Yeah. Useless. At a good side when them. they're on song, the Roosters. Yeah, when yeah. Things no, are working I, for I, them. They, they're good. I like the way they play. Um, you know, I think that they're they're definitely a very beatable side. But um, mm. you know, they they look they they when they yeah, like you said when they're on song, they look pretty good. They score some nice tries. At Mark Hill, this St George effort in quotes might even put a smile on Jamie Sowers' miserable little podgy face. London would even give them a game. I saw someone post a meme saying, "Who are you going to blame now?" and had. Jamie Seward, like a big close-up of Jamie Seward's head, smiling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bowles. I say this as a lifelong Penrith fan. Dragons fans, how do you keep turning up? Hash woeful, hash nothing left to choke. <laughs> uh, Devon Head. It's been a pretty dramatic fall for the Dragons, considering yeah. but we know, went 2009, into this, yeah. 2010. You know, we're only talking three seasons yeah. now. But we've spoken about this as well on the show, that the fact that they went all out for a premiership, mm-hmm. got Bennett in for a certain amount of time. He got in some um, some switch hitter players, you know, that it's like Mr. Burns. He brought a bunch of ringers into the team to get victory, built into their contracts, clauses that they could leave the club if Bennett left the club. I mean, it was... it was, And then they let... Perfect ruse. And then they let, you know, they let Josh Morris go, you know, they, and they let a number of other juniors go. And basically, you know, they they sold their future. They basically sacrificed their future for short term success, and now they're feeling the pain of that. To be fair, they had thirty seven years of pain to overwrite. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, it's going to be now. It's going to be another thirty seven. The way they, you know, the yeah. way this season's turning out, and very interesting. They did um, during the week. They had the Red V Forum. Yeah. Which I think is a really good initiative. I think every club should do it. Um, but you know, to get the fans or the members in there and. And have them, you know, really make people be accountable for what yes. decisions are being made at the club. Pretty ballsy move, considering how bad they're going. Devon Head. Fuck rugby league. Hash <laughs> Dev Sanity in decline. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> We've got uh, Stifler's underscore mum underscore nine. So Stifler has nine mothers, or another eight somewhere. I can't recall a more fucking disgraceful performance from Fiend. He still wasn't the worst halfback on the park, though. Well, that's 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 a ridiculous thing to say when Mitchell Pierce was probably the man of the match. I didn't see who the man of the match was, you know, who was given out, but I think Pierce the Pierce looked pretty good to me. How how funny is it gonna be when my bet made on Anzac Day with a skin full of bourbon, um, about a a jersey bet as to whether the Tigers or the Dragons would finish higher on the ladder. The fucking neck right and neck at the moment. Minute. 14th and 15th. Neck and neck. <laughs> Not quite what I had in mind, but yeah, <laughs> Tigers on the charge, of course. 
at yeah, nah, maybe. He said, I can really see the improvement in the Dragons now they've got rid of Deadwood like Sowards. <laughs> uh, and Dashing Dan won. The Dragons dragged themselves into a three-way battle with Eels and Tigers for the Hash Hyper Bowl, which is something that Dan suggested last week after, obviously, last week's episode was called uh, Hyper Bowl. I'd like to get the Hyper Bowl and smash it over Dan's head. So the idea was, and he actually sent me an eBay link to like some, you know, some purveyor of medical supplies, <laughs> is you could get like a bedpan for like three bucks or something <laughs> and you can get it engraved with <laughs> and he said and he said it's to call it the hyper bowl and it's basically you know like the this week in league version of like the wooden spoon <laughs> that's awesome I think that's it's possibly the smartest thing i think it's a good idea i think we might actually run with it too ca photo 10 roosters 36 nil i guess the dragon's midweek player recruitment in wollongong mall didn't work <laughs> You can just imagine with one of those little kiosk things, you know, people yeah. like handing out skin creams and stuff like, sir, sir, would you like to play for the Dragons? And people just avoiding eye contact. <laughs> Beer Boy at 182. I found out the Dragons score from a cafe in Amsterdam. Sack that lip neck cunt price off to watch people get pounded worse. <laughs> what, about, what about people going in the, in, the, in the mall going, oh, thank fuck, you're selling herpes cream. I thought you were going to try and recruit me for the Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, Penrith Panthers, 40, defeated the Gold Coast Titans, 18. Um, a good crowd of 8,000 people, more than Panthers get to centre bet. I mean, this one was obviously <laughs> played up top. And um, what do we got here? The points. Panthers, their 40 came from tries too. Luke Walsh doubled David Simmons, James Roberts with a hat-trick. As good wingers do. Kevin Kingston got one as well. Luke Walsh was six from seven conversions. Titans... There are points came from what uh, double to David Mead, a try to Albert Kelly, um, one conversion from two attempts from Aiden Caesar, and uh, Kelly perfect with his one attempt. I had a penalty guy from Caesar. Yeah, this this game is all locked up at half time, I think. Um, from memory, um, yes. And then, <laughs> fuck me, dead wasn't there any flux yeah. of points? Um, the Titans have you know struggling to find a way to win at the moment. They've they've dropped their bundle in a bid way. Got. Uh, Pumped last week. This, you know, Penrith ran away with them in yeah, the Yeah, it was end. like 46 last week. Mm. 40 this week. Um, the season's starting to tell on their young halves. Not not so much in attack, where they're pretty happy to launch the ball around um, and put some fancy footwork on. But they're starting to be more heavily targeted in defence, um, specifically Kelly. And um, I think as the season wears on, you know, that's going to tell even further on the Titans. I don't know um, that we're going to see too many more positive results from them, um, given some of their performances uh, leading up to the origin period and, and prior to being thumped by Newcastle there last week. Um, we're pretty impressive. And, you know, I just think that they've probably peaked. And I think at the moment they're, they're on, the, on the slide, yep. um, making way for the Tigers, you know, like a few other clubs. So there's no shame in that for the Titans. I do agree with you. I think they're on. You know, the, well, you know, the next the next two weeks will be critical. If they were to drop their next two games, you know, with some reasonable points thrown against them, uh, then yeah, you know, the, you'd have to say that they, the, you know, be top contenders to you know, slide out the back of the finals and you know, maybe not even make it in the first place. Sure. But yeah, well, I mean, this this ridiculous is about the Tigers. I mean, fucking come on, son. Um, you mentioned it was, it was a very competitive game in the first half, um, and Penrith came out and played, you know. 20 minutes of perfect footy, pretty much. And the, the game went from competitive to, to Penrith being over. very, very dominant in the blink of an eye. And some of the tries they scored in that period, they were just 
carving them up. Yeah. Um, and some some really nice skill. Um, they stripped the numbers on a couple of occasions. Um, Seguiaro burst through and put on a kick for Simmons, and um, really, you know, really entertaining. I thought that that phase of play for Penrith, and um, it was really good to see the NRL taking games to developing areas. Yep. Um, you know, this game played it in in Darwin. Um, they also, you know, speak about the the other games in in Mackay and Perth, but. Um, I think that's a really good initiative. They're probably sacrificing a few bucks um, in in some ways as far as taking yes. it to remote locations and playing in, in stadiums that... Yeah, but you, you know, wonder if the place is topping it up as well, you know, sort of to get them there in the first place. As far as tourism, etc. Yeah, goes, yeah. or, or who knows, there's probably all sorts of deals going on there to make it profitable for everyone. Um, does any player blow up at referees more than Mark Minicello? And why? That I mean, of all people. He's possibly one of the most ill-disciplined players in the comp. Every time he gives away a penalty, he's like, what, 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 what do I do? Yeah. Fuck off, mate. And you look at, <laughs> it, and, and, and you look at his bro. He's yeah. like a fucking legend and like Gentleman. a respected guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one has a bad thing to say about him. And then he's got this fucking guy. Yeah, he, he's a bit like, you'd imagine Darren Lockyer's brother. <laughs> he's just like, oh, fuck's sake. Now he's got a fucking road named after him. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Might go and drown me sorrows and buy a bottle of rum. Oh, fucking hell. Darren Lockyer edition Bundy rum. <laughs> Fuck this. Yeah. You would imagine Mark Minicello. <laughs> Same sort of burdens. You know, yeah. if, he, if he wasn't uh, brothers with him, he probably wouldn't have Anthony on his Christmas card list. Yeah. All right. Oh, I just want to mention yep. James Roberts. Yes. Had some issues at the Bunnies. Um, showed a lot of promise there. Carved up in the 20s. Um, showed a lot of promise as I said and, and had some good performances in first grade had a few issues there at the bunnies and and um, which caused him to leave the club he's been given a chance by Penrith um, he's another one of these players a bit like Jennings is, is benefiting from a fresh start and um, a few more consistent games fucking good finisher quick yeah 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 good 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 finisher I mean his throws fucking great some of them um, okay mr. Bowles I was starting to think Isaac John could just replace Adrian Pertell in my heart. Hash, it is love. Hash, man love. Oh, this is until he's fucking giving wristies to Jamie Soward next year. Mm-hmm. CA photo 10. Did the Titans year just get real? Hash, real talk spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> uh, Shunter 86. Luke Walsh is the form halfback of the NRL. The man with the golden boots. Hash, real talk. Hash, Panthers 2013 premiers. And I slammed him for that, and yep. then he like compared himself to me. Yeah. So I only proceeded to slam him further. Mickey T, 1985, James Roberts with a hat trick like good players do. Then he's gone, hat, he's got speed kills, hash tigers in decline. <laughs> and then we've got CA Photo 10. Crowd of 8,050 in Darwin. Titans officials dispute those numbers, saying it looked more like 13 million people <laughs> to them. <laughs> Which is fucking brilliant. That's actually that, and that's another one of those ones. That's you know one of the, the best tweets I think of the of the day. Loved it. Okay, next, and this is a game where, uh, as far as like listeners of the show are concerned, didn't show a lot of fucking interest in it. I'm going to be honest. We got uh, the Canberra Raiders 26 defeat the North Queensland Cowboys 18 uh, down there at Canberra Stadium. Crowd just over 10,000. This one, all Canberra early, obviously, and their points went as follows. Uh, Josh McCrone, Josh Papali, uh, Sammy Salima, Anthony Milford tries. We had Croker getting four from four uh, conversions and a penalty goal. And the Cowboys, 18, came through tries to Thurston, Louis, Winterstein, and 100% three from three for JT. 
another win at the Frosty Fortress for the Raiders. Um, they're trying to give themselves every chance of making the eight, despite their woeful away form, but they, they yeah. probably need to start <laughs> jagging a couple of wins on the road. Um, I think it was impressive that the Raiders um, weathered the storm of, of the Cowboys when they came back at them and then managed to close out the match late uh, with a f- fairly soft runaway try. But um, they maintained their composure and, and took advantage of their opportunity um, which is really something that we should be seeing from the Cowboys, not so much the Raiders. But, yeah. Um, pretty good, pretty good um, performance from the Raiders. I thought they they blasted out of the blocks. Um, Cowboys tried to off the back of JT tried to mount a bit of a comeback, but ultimately couldn't get the job done. Pretty average game from JT too. Hopefully, uh, things you know, sign of things to come. Yeah, at least over I'm, the next I'm fortnight, concerned that we're going to, at the end of JT's career, we're going to look back and, and rue these seasons he spent battling away, aided by nufties. Yeah. Um, Wife beaters. Exactly. And, you know, he he hasn't won a premiership yet. I mean, yeah, exactly. is, is there one on the horizon? Like, this year well, he's got his one. He's got, he's got his one off the bench for, you know, for, Sorry, for the doggies yeah. where he gave it to Steve Price. I mean, he's since gone on and, and become... You know the halfback of his of his generation at this stage of the game. Yep. Um, dominant performances for Queensland and Australia, time after time after time, and and just you know he's committed long term, um, and and will probably play out his career at the Cowboys. But um, is he is he going to be one of those? You know, is his legacy going to be tainted by the fact that he, fuck, despite his efforts, couldn't <laughs> drag him over for drag a these guys along with him. Um, you just imagine him, you know, in sides. Imagine if he was the halfback at the Roosters, not Mitchell Pearce. Yeah, yeah. What, I mean, they'd be. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Unstoppable. Fuck. Also, also a million dollars over the cap. But still. Well, probably. <laughs> but, but I mean, Mitchell Pearce is not not on chump change. No, at no. The end of the day, I like, mean, the Roosters obviously got some dodgy dodgy mathematics in there as well. I mean, let's look at them. Yeah, there's a there's a few uh, baubles missing off their abacus. Let's say that. let's say that. Um, yeah, look, it all comes down to winning games on the road for the Raiders. They can win every other game at home and yep. and have a, a reasonably successful season. But if they hope to make the eight, they're going to have to somehow find a way to win on the road. That's right, exactly. And that's you know that's that's been their problem for you know. And a the long Cowboys time. just continue to be underwhelming. <laughs> Not a good year this year. Well, actually, um, new listener to the show, Annie, she actually said, um, could we talk about this week? How, how does how does one fix the Cowboys? Well, they've got all the tools to be good. I just... Well, they've got, they've got like, you know, the best fucking, you know, Dremel that you can get <laughs> in the side than <laughs> JT, but the rest of it's pretty shit. I mean, they've got... Well, oh, sorry, you know, I lie. I mean, like, obviously, Tamau and... Um, yeah, you know, their props are fantastic. Well, I think Rob Lewis is a piece of shit. Yeah, right. But he's probably the best. He's probably the best player that's played alongside Thurston in the halves since he's been there. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm trying to cast my mind back. I'll tell you, probably right. Okay, so they've got the best halves combination they've had in their history. Um, they've got representatives. Through their forward pack. Yep. Probably got the best prop running around at the moment yep. in Matt Scott. Yep. Or at least, you know, one of the best two props in the game. Best multitasking prop. At worst, he'd be second. Yep. <laughs> um, Dallas Johnson was supposed to add a dimension that he hasn't really added. Yep. I think, you know, he's had one too many head knocks. Yep. 
he's on a bit of a slide. I think they've caught him at the wrong part of his career, maybe a year late. Yep. Um, so you can see that they've they've tried to put the pieces together. Um, Brent Tate's running on on past form. He's still managing to make origin sides, but um, he's still running on anger. He is, but certainly as far as dominant try scoring centre, he's a long way past those. Days. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He gets past. He gets a pass on competitive wheel and aggression and all the rest of it, which is fine. Yep. Um, they've got good finishes on the wings. Um, Tamau's a representative prop. Mm-hmm. They probably, as far as the hooking position goes, I think that's seriously lacking for them. They're not that's able definitely. to get any real dominance around the ruck yep. for Thurston to play off the back of. Yep. Um, and you know, if I had to pinpoint one thing, that'd have to be it for the Cowboys. Yep. I think. Um, but that, know, that, but that, that doesn't that that alone doesn't equal the the absolute disastrous season that they're having. No, really. and Cost Jason's probably doing a, a fairly admirable job when he gets on the field. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's not starting either. No. So. They probably need an 80-minute hooker, as far as I'm concerned. If you, if they need you, a proper a proper hooker, even if it's not a guy that's like, you know, you know, representative, yeah. you know, like Cameron Smith. They need like a, a Matt Ballon kind of player. Travis Woodell you know. would have been all right. Yeah, he would have been all right. I mean, he's probably probably still not quite up to the league that they would, they would need. But... um. But yeah, and it's just not—it's not just the hooking position. That—that's the hardest thing about the Cowboys. I mean, they've got a coach who's you know purported to be a good coach, and like you said, you go through the the you know various positions on the field. I mean, they need a decent fullback for starters, but that's not going to be you know a fullback. I mean, well then you look at it and you go, okay, fullback and a hooker—we've just identified that they need, and um, you know because a Bowen's not going to be there forever, and B he's not there you know through injury anyway, so. Yeah, you look at it that way. That's like you know two thirds of the spine, and the other and and is Fifi lower injured? I uh, don't know. He had a great not. season last year. Yeah, but he's been only popping up when you know mm. through like origin and injuries and stuff like that. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a matter of him being injured. I think it's a matter of him not being there. So it's a it's an interesting question. It's a tough one. Freak oh nine. I've got a good feeling about this Raiders team. They this could be the year they lose week two of the finals instead of week one. <laughs> Troy underscore 79, who he was probably trolling with that. Good win, considering we're missing Fergo, Lee, Earl, Whiten, TLL, and White. And they do, yeah. There's a few, there's some Fair decent call, names. Fair yeah, yeah, sure. Decent, decent uh, names to be missing. Yep. Okay, next, Newcastle Knights 18 defeated the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs 12. Up there in Mackay, as you said before, just under 10,000 people in attendance. And the points went as follows. Newcastle Knights 18 tries to Houston, McManus, Baderis, uh, and terrible, terrible on the conversions um, with uh, Tyrone Roberts there, uh, barely helping them out at all. I mean, they should have certainly won by a lot more. Doggies, they're 12 points. Well, yeah, and the same thing for them, I suppose. Reynolds, Inu, Josh Morris tries, Trent Hodkinson, reportedly, reputedly a very good goal kicker and has been on, he did have a bit of a streak going at one stage um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, 0 from 3. Yeah. Terrible. Classy win from the Knights, I thought. Um, good effort to beat the Dogs, uh, who had the majority of the of the crowd support in, there in Mackay, on account of Barber being the hometown kid. Um, just on Barber, you can't really say he didn't try and get the Dogs a win. He was in everything. Yep. Um, good and bad. A couple of little errors there, but um, certainly um, went very close to scoring himself a couple of times and also... Um, set up a, a couple of tries that weren't to be. Um, 
I, I thought this was a good advertisement for the game to take up to Mackay. I think the Knights played pretty good footy, and um, the Dogs were very competitive, but uh, the class of Mullen in the end, his kicking yep. game, and is what probably spelt the difference. Um, it was pretty impressive. Willie Mason's hit on um, James Graham. Showed he hasn't really lost his passion for yeah. killing, killing poms. <laughs> um, and it, it just goes to show in, in you know this season with the band on the shoulder charge, um, there were some really big hits this weekend. Yeah. And, um, you know, legitimate um, legal tackles that fucking bell ringers. I loved it. Yep, yep. It shows that players they're, they're are adjusting. Yeah, they're, they're figuring it out. They're yep. getting it figured out, for sure. Um, okay, Drew underscore Nathan five said, uh, I want someone to recreate the mad dog on 2v stomping, but with Captain Murder being the one getting stomped on. <laughs> Tall Hayden. Refs don't penalise Joey Leilua for a high shot. Not his go. Not in his game. Good bloke. <laughs> and Chapo, the creator. A Bulldogs fan saying this, mind you. The Bulldogs just aren't good enough this season. Hash, real talk. Wow. Honest. Honestly Way to from quit a, on your team, you cat. Honestly from a Bulldog supporter. And uh, no, yeah, GT wallet. And, uh, and 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 GT Johns had had no comment. Usually he's uh, quite gracious, but uh, no comment. Now, next, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, thirty, defeated the poor old Warriors thirteen over there in Perth. A crowd of over twenty thousand, fantastic crowd, and the points the Rabbitohs their thirty came from tries to Everingham, Sutton, double to Bryson Goodwin and uh, Chris McQueen. Reynolds, perfect again, 5 from 5 on the uh, conversions. Warriors, they're 13, tries to Mannering and Conrad Hurrell. Uh, Johnson was uh, 1 from 1 on the, uh, well, sorry, 2 from 2 on the conversions, and he got a field goal for the 13. You mentioned the crowd um, there in Perth. I mean, if ever there was an audition for a, a new franchise, mm-hmm. the intensity was there, they... They were they were a good crowd. They were an educated crowd. Yeah, and I will um, acknowledge. I will acknowledge that, like, yeah, like a once-off, like maybe once a year game. I mean, yeah, it's it's easy to draw a crowd of that. However, I mean, you know, the Central Coast, those motherfuckers don't really turn out in force, mm. and that's a lot of their crowd is you know supporters of the Sydney-based side in the contest going sure. up the highway to, to to watch the game too, and they've repeatedly, you know, not grasped the opportunities you know for for football in their backyard. Um, so when you're looking at doling out franchises. I think Perth. It's I don't know that it's um, no brainer that Perth's the next one. I think. Well, that, that's where I my, demand it of, must be. At least one of my choices would be going if they if they expand it for two teams. Then we'll then we'll maybe another Brisbane one. Maybe, but yeah. I, I just I don't know that the Central Coast are a lock by any stretch. I don't think they um, even should be in the top five destinations for a new team. <laughs> I don't think they ever deserve a new team. I'm going to be honest right there. That's hurtful. Um, shows where these sides are at. I think this game was a, a perfect illustration that the Warriors were they were great in the first half and, and couldn't maintain their intensity to close the game out. Um, whereas South were, um, you know, took their lumps when the Warriors were, you know, playing their best footy certainly within the in the first half. Um, and that when the time came, they raised their level of play to a point where the Warriors just couldn't go with them, and um, and and spelled out a pretty classy win. Um, yeah, scoreline was a little bit harsh, I think, for the old Warriors. Yeah, for I mean, sure. in the end. But, um, you know, half time was the worst thing. Last couple of minutes. You know, half time was the worst thing that happened to the Warriors because, I mean, you know, they were leading 13 6, but, you know, they were pressing, you know, right up to the buzzer. Yeah, all the momentum. Yep. Um, 
And I think the Warriors showed the way to play South. Um, but the, the toughest part is um, doing it for 80 minutes is going to be really difficult. You've got to be physical um, and extremely physical. And you've got to have quick passing and angled runners to tighten their line up. And then once that line tightens up, you've got to get the ball wide. And you've got to have players out wide that are good enough as well. And, and yeah, which it out requires more physicality because yeah. even when the ball goes out wide, their outside back certainly, um, even with Sutton in the defensive line um, and English cleaning up, they don't yeah. get any smaller. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's, and that showed with Hurrell's run yep. uh, where McQueen and, and English had their head clash. Um, you know, there's a lot of t- teams that, the Warriors would play against and play that exact same play. He'd burst through and no one would get near him. Yep. Um, he had to fucking skittle people like ten pins to get him in the line. So <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's a credit to Maguire's coaching. I think you know you wouldn't have say, said South in previous years have been the most physical site. No. Um, they've they've had the size there, but um, I mean, and they've, they've gradually loaded themselves up with Burgeye over the years to add like sure. physical size in the middle of the park. Oh sure, but yeah, I, I think Maguire. You know, it's really only, you know, recently this season where he's starting to get the full amount of the credit that he deserves um, for for South being such a great side. Um, they're good to watch and um, they're on a, on a bit of a charge. And I think if the answer is beating them physically, um, is, there's only a few teams that could probably match him in that area. I think probably Melbourne, um, Manly and at their very, very best, the dogs, but the dogs are a long way off that at the moment. So, yep. um, South has certainly got the inside running at the moment. Um, you know, the expectation of the finals um, and their fan base, as I mentioned last week, could spell their undoing. Um, but, you know, there's only a couple of sides that, that have the capability to match them physically. Um, you know, it's uh, as far as Melbourne and Manly go, I'd back them to, to beat South. Um, you know, in a battle, in a, in a real arm wrestle. Yeah. Um, obviously, you'd expect teams like, well, you know, not teams like there's only one team that would blow them off the park with attack, and that's the West Tigers. Um, Never had that chance. <laughs> you finished? Do you want to talk about West Tigers some more? No, 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 I'm done, mate. I'm done. It's not about the Tigers. I was, I was giving South a wrap. All right, uh, Blue underscore Beaver said, I dreamt about the English and McQueen head clash, except they exploded in a red mist and merit was collateral damage. Oh. Close, though. <laughs> Shane, Aaron Elvis, he's increasingly becoming gronkier and gronkier with this South thing. I mean, considering he's only been going for him for four minutes, yeah. it's, it's quite annoying. I wouldn't have begrudged a Warriors win. They were good, but South found a hunger in the second half and proved too strong. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he tries to sound intelligent, but we know better. Because I was going to say Monday Night Footbitch, which is you know, manly night football. I mean, this season, I, mean, I, think, <laughs> I think by the time it's all said and done, we're going to have like, you know, seven games, maybe more. I think we got more in that last in that batch of the last uh, six games they released as well. No, I don't think you did get any more. Oh, didn't we? Oh, thank fuck for that. Well, okay, well, let's say thank fuck for that because I'm kind of two minds a bit. You know, like, you know, it, it, is, it is good to, you know, have the guaranteed live televised game, you know, Monday night, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's a bit annoying. I think it probably affects the locals more than it would the yourself television. being up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Um, Manly, 50. Defeat the Parramatta Eels, 10 at Fortress Brookvale. About 11,000 in attendance. And uh, this one, the tries, let's list them off. Wolfman, got a try. Jamie Lyon, Brett Stewart. Jorge Tafua with a hat-trick. Tommy Simons, Jamie Bura, and Kieran Foran tries. 
Jamie Lyon, seven goals from nine attempts. Defeated the Eels, 10. Penny Terrapo, Braden William got tries, and uh, Chris Sandow won from two. Fucking luminaries. Um, a great way for Manly to blow out the cobwebs of their attack, I thought. Um, they still outmuscled their opponents when they had to, but this was more about um, slinging the ball and fucking yeah. carving holes. Getting those, yeah, Manly getting the... Uh, fairly soft defence. Getting um, the attack going again. We've sort of spoken about all good's brain snap. Um, I think it showed that Matt Ice Chin was more than a match for all good's right. Um, he, he had all the... Uh, all the inclination and, and it's certainly a good opportunity to uh, put Matt Eye's lights out and he, he put it right on the button. Couldn't say he didn't hit it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say Jake Lamotta, who's probably, you know, the best chin, <laughs> probably in history. Because, I mean, like, he hit with bombs and, and just and smile. But, you know, like, certainly like a, a, a 1990s, you know, Ray Mercer, you know, back before he before he declined and he would just take some fucking shots off, like, you know, even Tyson, you know, like, someone like that. I mean, just... Homer granite, Simpson. Granite, Homer Simpson, exactly. Granite, just granite, granite chin. Um, <laughs> very impressed. And, uh, but more impressive, as we said before, the fact that he did not respond and earned his side a man advantage for the last, you know, and sort of seven hey, or eight minutes of the game. Most of that was probably out of fear, but good on him. He did the right thing. You know, people team. don't walk forward in fear. They usually run. I mean, we've seen Ben Cray, obviously, he's famous for it. <laughs> we've seen Mick Ennis did it as well, <laughs> you know. I mean, we've seen what happens when guys have fear and what, what, it, what it does to them. I think this game showed the Eels have officially quit on their coach um, again. <laughs> uh, you know, you look at what they've got ahead of them, the Eels. They're, they're a horrible team at the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and who have they got coming next year? They've got Corey Norman. Um, maybe Hopper Will, Jr. Maybe Hopper. You see how he, he goes from the Mormons. If he's finished riding his bike and knocking on doors. Yep. Um, are they going to change the culture in the way that the Parramatta need? You know, it, everyone's making a big deal about the players they're letting go. Um, and obviously they want to put a broom through the place and, um, and and Stuart's vision is to improve the culture, but... Everyone else wants to go with them. <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to stay. Exactly. So if they don't want to stay, how are you going to get them to put their best foot forward on the on the field? I, it's a fucking horrible situation there Papa at the Junior moment. Junior would be off. doing massive... He'll just, just be doing, do, doing manies on his bicycle in the change room. There'll be no one there to run into <laughs> You'll be knocking on the door to change him with no one in there. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to give special mention to, to Glenn Stewart. I mean, it was like, he's a Captain Captain Jack Sparrow Stewart. He's like, you've got the pirate eye patch thing going on after coughing a, a nasty uh, accidental uh, poke in the eye from, um, oh, from DCE. Some say accidental. Uh, it was very accidental and unfortunate. But prior to that, it was Glenn Stewart of old. He was he was at his absolute best. I mean, he didn't as far as his, his runs and everything. When he did run, elect to run the ball himself, he was direct and didn't crab sideways. But the passes he was throwing on, I mean, he looked great. I mean, he's made a a big step towards coming back to to his best, and he was twenty times better than he was the week before, and you know the the, the weeks preceding that. Um, Hawaii. I mean that dude unstoppable. I don't have the stats in front of me, but he there was like it was something like fucking like fifteen tackle busts and forty eight line breaks. I mean just unfucking believable. And breaks. and the way and just the confidence that he's starting to display as well, where he's got like you know a couple of players in front of him, and there's maybe you know fifty centimeters between the last defender and the touchline. He'll fucking try and beat him on the outside down the touchline. And if he does get caught and he's going over the touchline, he's always he still has the presence to always get it in field to. Matthew or someone, you know, and it's usually a pass that finds its mark as well. I mean, 
he's become so so good so quickly. Um, and now he's he's like safe under high balls and stuff as well. I mean, that was a thing back you know last early last year when you know he wasn't as, as safe under those sorts of things. Yeah. Fuck, he's come a long way. I mean, as you'd should... expect from a young player, he's going to have his moments under the high ball, etc., until he builds his confidence. Yep. Um, you know, first grade's a different beast to 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 where these guys come from, as far as you know, be it via Reggie's or yep. all the twenties. Yep. Um, so you expect them to have their teething, you know, teething problems, but it's how they um, these young guys deal with that and yep. cope, which makes them first graders. And yep. he's clearly one. Yep. Kieran Foran again, unstoppable. Uh, Cherry Evans. Kicks were flying in the ground. I mean, like it's it's like you know he's basically just you know flicked the good switch again, and he's you know realised what he's doing. Wolfman, I, his stats were ridiculous. I think he had like two hundred and sixty something meters, um, twenty runs, um, uh, a couple of tackle busts, made a great line break where he, he ran all the way around to the left side of the field, and he ended up passing it to Tafua to put Tafua away at one point. Just um, amazing, and like and what happened at the end of the game it's it speaks volumes to the the mindset of uh of the manly club um which is really encouraging as a fan of the club where you had a couple of situations there you had the matai situation where he you know miraculously for the first time in his career he was level-headed enough not to take the bait and uh put inside in a position where they were a man up two the way matai then responded by you know just playing like a demon and just you know and digging in uh for the last 10 minutes of the game without losing his cool and three Brett Stewart's over the line. He's about two meters in from the touchline, and he flicks the pass over, just dishes it off to uh, dishes it off to, Kier- to Kieran Foran for a try to get him off a nudie run. I mean, <laughs> that kind of unselfish behaviour, and, and you know, it really speaks to the team spirit. So, yeah, great performance. Um, again, the team, you know, obviously Parramatta aren't the best opposition, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to play the team in front of you, and you know, I think maybe what they've only suffered a beating, you know, of this magnitude one other time this year like that bad like 50 point you know beating yeah I think, I think the Tigers I think, beat him something like that I think Chucky's got him I don't think the Tigers got him <laughs> did you even beat him I yeah, can't remember you, dominated you understand why, why I'd ask you I mean why I couldn't remember and why I'd have to ask you if you, you know, beat any side um, yeah sensational okay let's move to Twitter Rob Moore V1 without a doubt Jamie Lyon is the best centre in the world no hash tags or any irony, nothing. He he means that he means that shit. And as we know, he's a, he's a very good judge as well. Um, you know, given his, his coaching and, and playing credentials. CJ Dixon, Parramatta fan. I'd still prefer to lose to Manly than be a Manly fan. Hash go para. Hash Mupp is a dirty perv. Hash Mupp goes Euro. So he's slagging his mate off there rather than you know anything else. <laughs> Mister Nielsen, twenty seven. Nate got his wish. G Stewart played at least one half against the New South Wales Cup side. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got hash go manly hash disappointing scoreline hash eels versus tigers spoon fuck off mate <laughs> cruzy zero six manly puts 50 on the eels it's all good <laughs> hash mitch ain't all good queenslander 22 so what does a player have to do to be sent off in a game of rugby league all good is a coward and he sent that to us the nrl and the para eels jesus and actually that's probably that's something that people um arced up about They're like that should have been an instant send off uh, you know, rather, I think they proved that the precedent they set in the second Origin game was that if you know you threw punches, you're off. Merrin started it with cheap shots, and I mean, admittedly, they weren't like as blatant and like you know open as you know like a, a massive shot. You go grab the you know and just, and just go fucking unleash, boom on the sure. dude. But 
you know, I think that this one, you know, the send-off versus Sinbin thing wasn't really that relevant. I think it was like 70-something minutes into the game. There's probably, you know, there's certainly less than 10 minutes to go. So, same diff anyway, you know, he was off for the rest of the game. Yeah, exactly. Chapo, the creator. Steve Matai proves he's a bigger cat than Ben Cray. Hash real talk. That's just fucking, I agree with that. That's just fucking ridiculous. And, uh, and, and what you previously said on this game report <laughs> actually contradicts that. Ben Dunn, 43. All good is the ninth immortal, in my eyes anyway. If he punches Hodges like that, I'll build a statue myself. <laughs> <laughs> Blue underscore Beaver. Watching Manly win by 40 never gets old, even if the opposition are playing like a mashed up bag of assholes. <laughs> Shane Aaron Elvis. The short version of Ricky Stewart's coaching technique. Hodor, 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 Hodor. Hash ref's fault. <laughs> Boxcar Jason. Matai tried to go up to Allgood to say that violence isn't the answer and copped a punch for it. What a horrendous act. Uh, Jeremy underscore Jack, zero one. The Manly Seagulls back to their best tonight. Don't worry, Parrot. It's all good. It's hash all good. <laughs> then he's gone, hash. Matai is the strongest, toughest, sexiest man in the league. Jesus all in one Christ. hashtag. Let's get that trending. At on a blunt buzz, Steve Matai to be added to Mount Rushmore, hash chin like granite. And finally, and this this one came in this afternoon, it made me a little bit sad, Dashing Dan won. I think the NRL should just change the name of Eels to buy for the rest of 2013. <laughs> They're coming from an Eels supporter. That's <laughs> you know, sad. It's actually, it is quite sad. And then he said, after I said that, I said, that actually made me feel bad. Like, it made me feel sad. And, and he said, I'm done for this year. So he's done. He's lost all hope. Well. To be fair, he is an Eels supporter. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, when was, since when was the start of the season any better? Look. It's never been brosy for him this year. Some people... Since they got rid of super coach Brad Arthur. Some people just can't stick strong, Nathan. They yep. can't see the potential for premiership destiny in their sides. And I feel bad for them. Yeah, and that's true. And you're actually, like, you know, through through Tigers in decline, you, you remain staunch. Vocal, a vocal supporter. You're putting yourself out there, making a liar of yourself, fucking week in, week out for that club. We'll see who's a liar. We'll see who's a liar, Nathan. <laughs> fucking oath, we will. <laughs> Previews for round 18 of the 2013 Telstra Premiership. We got a shortened week. It's a, oh, this is the last of the major disruptive buy rounds, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's only a couple of games. Uh, first up on Friday night. Can you believe we've only got really seven weeks? Yeah, I know it's fucking ridiculous, isn't it? It's gone so fast. I mean, I've got eleven weeks, but you got seven weeks. It's fucking crazy, crazy. I meant of the regular season, <laughs> um, Nathan. Quite I frankly, you meant we like you and I, and I was like, well, yeah. I mean, you know, fourth place we're getting finals. Well, regardless you know, of grand final win, regardless of whether Manly made the eight or not, Nathan, we're still going <laughs> to like record the show through the grand final. Manly, uh, which in no I'll, danger of missing the eight. I'm afraid. <laughs> I mean, I, I find it sad that you, you know, you'd be willing to quit on such a fabulous, you know, journey that we've had together, Nathan, over, over three seasons now. And, you know, the Manly, you know, don't make the eight or get bundled out as you'd expect them to do. And the Tigers go on to achieve their premiership destiny as they are destined to do. Hence, it's their destiny because they are a team of destiny, Nathan, as I've said once or twice. The destiny is to get a fucking bedpan and engraved with West Tigers you'd on. Want to quit. You'd want to quit on this show because you're a cat. I just, I find that sad, you know. I would never quit on this show. Manly have been in the finals since well before we started this show. 
and they've been in the finals every every year since we've been doing the show. I mean, there's the Tigers started many, out quite well. Now, how many, they made how, the finals the first two years of this show, and how many hosts of the show can say that? Well, even if you look at guest hosts, I mean, well, you know, Sam and Kate, they're, Bron- they're Broncos fans, so they missed the finals last year. They can't say it. Dougie, Sharks fans, say no more. <laughs> Choppy, Titans got a spoon that year. It's our fourth season, isn't it? Yeah. We started out 2010, 2011, Tigers made the finals. Yeah. Last year, didn't make the finals. Some would say, Nathan, yeah. that, you know, the Tigers are in decline. The, show, the Tigers are in decline. <laughs> Not me. We should make a fucking hashtag out of that that, that that would then become wildly successful and then make a shirt about it. Look, should we? <laughs> I wouldn't support that. All right. Um, where are we? Broncos versus the Sharkies. Suncorp, you'll be there, no doubt. Yes. And Corey Oates. There's a lot of youngs. This is the next generation of Broncos maybe that people want to see. You know, I suspect. People we've never heard of. Lamatasi named in Jersey 17 looks like he'll make his first uh, appearance. Uh, Sliney, you know the the, um, the, <laughs> the 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 potential sex offender. Uh, he's, he's there in Jersey 19 on extended pitch. <laughs> this Bronco side, you know, unlike years gone Don't by. Louis, is that the cousin that hijacked Robert's Twitter account? I always see that and think dumbass Louis. <laughs> so maybe he's the one. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Broncos. Uh, Look at that, Josh Hoffman in the centres. Kahu Morant in the wings. Desperate times for the Broncos. Um, coming up against the, uh, you know, admittedly, coming up against the, uh, certainly a more weakened by origin side than the Broncos side is. I think they'll get bashed in the forwards. Even even with Fafita and, and Gallon out. Well, you look at these guys like Tagatizi, he's known for bashing people in the forwards. Bakuya, he's always great. Wade Graham, I mean, he's next level since he's gone to the Sharkies. Yeah. Hino, you know, Declined with his former club, but you know he's he's I guess he's still breathing. Um, Gibbsy, 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 Pomeroy in eighteen, wow. begging to get back into the first grade side, but not quite making it. Um, Michael Gordon named in the in jersey number one, and Michael Gordon he's the fucking Chris Lawrence of of twenty thirteen. Well, I can his, guarantee you, Nathan, if Michael lies. Gordon is once again yeah. named, but then doesn't take his place in the side. I can guarantee you one player that's not going to be named at fullback, and that's Stuart fucking Mills. Yeah, well, maybe Stuart Mills moves to fullback and Ben Pomeroy comes into centres. Oh, wow. Maybe Pomeroy plays fullback. Mate, he's, 18, he's the 18th man. Pomeroy is sitting there poised to make his triumphant return to first grade Sharkies fans, and won't that cost you the game? Suck it. Now, yeah, I mean, the, the key the key thing here, though, for, for the, the um, Sharkies is Todd Carney in six. The, uh, the most creative player on the field. Mm. Um, By street. Has the ability to single-handedly dismantle sides when he's on his game. He was pretty on um, last week, obviously. Carved the Tigers up in the first Carved the Tigers up. Uh, and honestly, given, you know, his creativity, yes, it's diminished by Jeff Robson. But, you know, is Jeff Robson worse than Peter Wallace and Scott Prince? He's, I think he's, you know, they're all in the same ballpark <laughs> as far as being crap halves. So... You know, I think if these if these forwards of the of the Sharkies can uh, get over top of the Broncos, and let's face it, it's you know apart from Alex Glenn and Ben Hannett, I mean resistance is pretty light. Sharks thirteen plus thirteen plus, you say? I don't know, I don't know if it'd be that much of a flogging, but I mean I expect the Sharks to win. 
And really, it's a game. It's one of those games that Sharks need to win if they want to establish themselves, you know, as as the finals contender that they wish they were. Um, and the Broncos, you know, the equal motivation there. I mean, they need this winner, or else, you know, once again, they're you know they're up for the hyperbole. So, you know, it's, it's do or die for both teams. Now we move to Saturday, five thirty. Parramatta Eels taking on the Penrith Panthers out there at Para Stadium. Now this one, Willie Tonga. Makes his triumphant return in the number four jersey for the Parramatta Eels. What do you say about that? I've got more bombshells to come. Chris Sandow dropped. Luke Kelly. Ben Roberts. Ben Roberts. Still in the side. (laughs) Ben Roberts. Wow. Um, You know, you've got a $600,000 halfback playing Reggie's. Yeah. It's not not for the first time that it's happened at Parramatta. Exactly. Um, Sad state of affairs. Then you got you got guys like Daniel Harrison. He played last night as well, but Daniel Harrison decided he's one of the guys that been told to piss off next year. Darcy played eighty minutes on Monday night in the uh, thirteen jersey. Has he has he been told to piss off for next year? Last no, year? no, I still want him around, and it looks like he's making he's carving out a career for himself as a lock. Decent sized lock. Yeah, but I mean, he, he did the eighty minutes. Um, you know, and, and to be fair for the Eels, there was a lot of, there was a lot of running back back behind their goalposts. Yeah, so, so obviously he's got, got a fair few rests while uh, Jamie Long was kicking goals. But <laughs> yeah, well that's true too. <laughs> no, nah, I think the Panthers are in too good a form. And I think the Eels are in too bad a form. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just think I can't see anything but a Panthers win. Yeah, and um, you know Willie Tonga, he's fancy. What a shadow of his former self. He was like a Cowboys a Cowboys player that was in the you know getting in the Origin side. Gone down to Parramatta and just fucking evaporated. Yep. And uh, I don't expect much out of him, to be perfectly well, honest. You pull that blue and gold on, it sucks the life out of you. Sure does. Okay. And I agree with you. I think Penrith, you know, 19 plus. Get on it. The Doggies taking on the Melbourne Storm down at Sydney Olympic Park. This one, obviously, like kind of a, a marquee matchup, um, you know, rematch of the grand final, except with all the origin stars mm-hmm. uh, stripped out. The Ottoman in the number six jersey, partnering Trent Hodkinson and the halves. Big advantage for the doggies getting the Ottoman in the side. Obviously, it's a big advantage for them having the um, having Ben Barber as fullback and not being you know, stripped out for. You know, presumably he would have been. He he might have taken the Daily Cherry Evans like you know utility kind of bench role for the Origin side if he hadn't been such a fuck up this year. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Um, can't see the Storm getting it done, to be quite honest. I think the Bulldogs' forwards... Um, I'm looking at their forwards, and I mean, their forwards are pretty much full strength. Yeah, I think they'll win it in the forwards. Um, and then, you know, a bit of Romolo magic, Barber off the back of that. I think the Bulldogs might get it done. Yeah, I just... I mean, Ryan Hinchliffe, he goes okay as like a, a reserve kind of guy, or mm. you know. but Solid and, player. And Hampton had, a, Hampton had a decent debut as well, but... You know, are they Smith and Cronk? No. Fuck no, not even close. Yeah. You know. Finch is, he, he'd want to have the best game you've seen him play in five years. He's been shit since he's been up there. Yeah, he's not he's been, been great. shit house. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, so I mean, and, and the Storm have got, you know, a, a massive interchange bench as well. So, yeah, Junior Sow's been named there, um, plus a bunch, you know, Tim Glasby. That's a name that I don't, think that? I, don't, I don't even think I've heard that name before. So, um, yeah. So okay, so we put it, put something on it. I think the doggies will win this. Fuck, I think they'll win it easily. You reckon? Yeah, I'm thinking dogs one to twelve. I think it'll be a tight game, but I think they'll get there. 
I think the forwards is going to roll over them, and um, and it's the storm. The storm have some guys there, like guys like Bromwich and and Norrie and Proctor and Tohu Harris are there all the time. So I think that they can um, they will stand up to an extent, you know, just based on the the system and the fact, you know, that kind of thing. But they won't be able to stand up forever. And two, it's going to get more demoralising for them as points come on because I don't think the Storm are going to have the same kind of point scoring ability, or they're clearly not going to have the same sort of creativity um, with the spine completely removed. And so I think the points are going to come easier to the doggies, and I think as the points come easier, I think you know the Storm guys might start Drop to lose. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, and finally Monday night football or Manly night football as it turns out to be in 2013, and Manly fly up to North Queensland Cowboys to collect their two points from 1300 Smile Stadium. So Clint Greenshield, 1317 Smiles. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I'm just looking uh, here at the lineup. Uh, Winterstein in the centres with Linnett. Ash Graham, uh, there you go. That's your 5 5 lower. He's on the, uh, in the 5 jersey. Still a shit looking side, as far as I'm concerned. Ray Thompson and Louis. I mean, the. the, the Tiamalolo in the starting side. Reith Muller comes in at lock. Ethan Lowe. Ricky Thorby. And now. I'm, sons. I'm not sure if I've got this 100% right because I'm only basing it on Twitter chat that I saw this afternoon. But Dallas Johnson's not in the side, and I, yeah. and I don't think he's injured. Dropped. Um, Tarek Sims, how does he not get a start if Ethan Lowe and Jason... Uh, sorry, Joel Ruth Muller are getting, us run, getting a run. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah, another training run for the Eagles. You know, you mentioned about teams uh, facing sides, you know, when they're under strength and, and, you know, Teams can run over the top of them. The Eagles have had a bit of a pretty easy run of it lately. Um, a good win last week and get another one here and then I think the wheels will fall off in the next week or two. Yeah, I'll be, you know, this, this is not going to be as easy because Manly obviously uh, are missing uh, two great players, especially a key uh, player in uh, Daily Cherry Evans. And uh, uh, Sweet Nigel B on Twitter we were talking today and, he's, and he uh, put it to me that is it the first time, the first game that Cherry's missed since he started? And I think... I mean, because we got away with the second Origin game because we had a bye that weekend. So I think it may be the first game he's missed. So the the halfback for Manly this week, Peter Hiku. Yes. And uh, Sweet Night GB's blessed us with a Hiku haiku immediately after the team announcement. Hiku to halfback. That was quite unexpected. Like a Tigers win. I'd like to punch Sweet Night B in the face. I love poetry. I love repeatedly. art. I love art and I love poetry. And that was a fine example of both. I'll print that out and put put it in a frame for you to hang it. Excellent. I'll smash it over your fucking head <laughs> and then feed the pieces to Sweet Nigel B. <laughs> so it's very, very interesting. I mean, Manly haven't named and extended anything either. I mean, Glenn Stewart's named straight up. I mean, who knows if they're going to be able to reattach his, his eye to his, you know, optic nerve. George Rose has been named with no backup there. I mean, so presumably his ankle's going to be okay. Richie Fayoso, Uncle Fast returns after lengthy suspension for nothing for a crime he didn't commit. I can't even remember. What was he supposed to have done back in the day? Murder. Yeah, it's like, it's like he killed somebody, but I don't remember him doing anything bad. Um, and Liggy Sow has been named to make his debut. So we're getting to see some of these guys from the future, like Hassan So you know, coming up. Um, this is the real soggy. Yep. The real soggy. Now I wonder, I wonder how much of this uh, number seven stuff that uh, Peter Hiku is going to be doing. Do you think they might sort of um, might be a bit foxing and they might sort of slot him out into the backs and um, maybe in the place of Jamie Lyon and Jamie Lyon might drift into to five eighth and you know or drift into like you know half back position. When where, where Hiku was coming up, was he a half? 
Don't think so. As far as I know, he was uh, in, in, through all his uh, 20s stuff. He's a fullback. Interesting. And, and uh, that, which is why you know he's covering Brett Stewart. And he's also you know been on the wing a little. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mate, it would make sense then for for foreign. He's played a lot of halfback, certainly even for New Zealand. So. Um, the way they run the side as well, I mean, it's just really, they, they just run a side of the field each. So, I mean, I could probably see Jamie Lyon just, you know, shifting in one, Peter Hiku shifting out one, and just, swap, you know, swapping positions, you know, where Cherry Evans and, and Jamie Lyon would normally be. Because let's face it, they won a premiership with him, you know, in halves. So he's a sensational player, can play anywhere on the field, Jamie Lyon. And wherever he does, he's, he, he makes he has a dominant time of it, you know, lots of points, kicks all the goals, just fucking amazing. Amazing club, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm really... I'm blessed to be, uh, you know, a fan, a fan of such a fantastic team, and I expect them to take 13 plus win and uh, bring two points back down from one of the more difficult uh, road trips. In one the, of the uh, more difficult league. road trips in rugby league. The poorest excuse for a rugby league side this side of Parramatta. Slash the Tigers. Oh fucking please! <laughs> They're the worst team that's not west of Sydney. <laughs> Okay, that is full time for episode 128. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. And um, fucking, we are smashing it. We've got almost 1,700 likes on Facebook now. People are loving us. It's, it's, it's amazing to see. to see, like four weeks ago, we had uh, maybe 1,100 and something, like just under 1,200. Starting to take off. Throwing, you're throwing like 100 a week on, which is fucking great. I love it. Um, yeah, you know, keep it up. I mean, whatever you're doing, it's working, guys. Keep sharing our posts and liking them. And we see a lot of guys that um, are consistently, you know, putting out the good word for the show. Um, I see Dashing Dan. He, he's always on Twitter um, retweeting our stuff, and he also shares it on Facebook. Cruzy06. He's always doing it. Trotters, he's always doing it. And uh, you know, Trotters just does it for the attention. That's okay. Trotters is a valued listener of the show and a good supporter of the show. I mean, he's got one of the Revelation shirts. He's uh, which I wish he'd put over his fucking head. Oh, Jesus, harsh. I'm trying to give you a rap, Trotters, but he's not going to let me do it. iTunes. We got a review this week. Did we? Someone by the name of Mup Twenty Three. Oh God, here we go. The Albert Kelly. Buckle up, people. The Albert Kelly of NRL podcast. Five stars. Sure, Glenn and his sidekick Nate support the two most hated teams in the NRL, but they do with such passion and humour. You can almost look past it. Not for the faint-hearted, but if you don't like a bit of friendly banter, crude humour, and over-the-top bias, then you probably don't like rugby league anyway. A must-listen every week. What a wonderful review. That sounded like it was typed by someone that wasn't high on drugs. I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, because let's face it, the, the Albert Kelly, you know, admittedly he didn't hit us with much real talk this week. It's got to be quiet after a fortnight of floggings. <laughs> but, um, yeah, thank you very and much for your review. they to play the Titans this season. I mean, the Tigers this season. Yeah, so... so uh, I mean, there's there's another 50-point drubbing. But thank you very much for your room up. Appreciate it. And anyone else who wants to give us a review, just get on get on iTunes, go to the podcast, Sport and Recreation Centre, check the What's Hot section. We're usually in there. Otherwise, just check the, the top podcast and yeah, we'll certainly be in the top 50. You know, you probably find us around 30-ish or something, depending on what day. So, fantasy. The Sherwood Scorpions increase their lead at the top. Uh, we've got Cerberus, Mighty Bulldogs, Dane Laurie for PM, the wheels have fallen off there. Uh, Toto's Terrors, El Ducho's Dopers, Jolly As, Honor Blood Buzz, Greendale Goblins, and the Lucky Punks. 
think it's the first time I called their name mm. this season. So they've moved their way up into the mix. That's the top ten. Tipping. Fantastic days in the tipping. The competition's been shaken up. The Real Jedi got four out of eight this week. Oof. Which is the worst tipping record in probably about the top 20. So that means he's still on top with 93 points. Voodoo Rock, though, got six. So he's shrunk the lead and it's only one point. He's got 92. Williams, 277, also 92. Desi's Ducks, 91. Lynn, 91. Boxcar Jason, 91. Troy Schroeder, 91. Then we go back one more point. Animal NZ on 90. Dougie on 89. Big Dan on 89. And Aussie 11198 on 89 as well. He's in 11th place, but he's tied with a couple of them there from 9 to 11. So it's game on now. It, it was once four points from first to second. Now it's four points from first to 11th. Wow. So game back on with plenty of rounds left in the season. And, of course, the shop. We still got some small stock of the Revelation shirt, the hats, stubby coolers. So hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop because we're clearing those guys out. Revelation shirts, 20 bucks. And the Tigers in decline shirts, they start at 29 bucks depending. I mean, we have to pay more or less for the shirts depending on the sizing. But um, we're introducing kid sizes for the first time. So uh, we're kids, small, medium and large. And uh, they're twenty nine bucks. You wouldn't have your kids supporting that such a pathetic cause, would you? I'll get Jackson in one of those shirts. Don't you fucking worry about that. And um, so twenty nine bucks for kid shirts, and I think they're thirty bucks for uh, small, medium, large, extra large, uh, either up to extra large or up to two XL. Uh, I think they're thirty bucks, and then we have to pay a surcharge, obviously, for for larger sizes. But last time, I think we only went as high as two XL with the Revelation shirts. This time, we can go up to seven XL. So if you're a big unit and you want a shirt, we can fucking hook you up this time. No worries, man. And so the shirts will be, the most they cost is 35 bucks. So get on there, pre-order your Tigers in Decline shirt. As I said at the top of the show, we probably need about another 10 to activate it, which isn't really a great deal. Uh, so yeah, and once we've got it activated, then, you know, presumably, uh, you know, there's no communication hitches and all that sort of stuff with the printer. Probably turn them around, you know, from, you know, production to delivery in, you know, three, four weeks. So, uh Awesome. Yeah, well, some would say awesome. And I thank very much all the people that have bought them so far. And a lot of people that bought them have actually like thrown other stuff in there as well, like a hat or, you know, stubby cool and stuff like that in at the same time. So um, thanks for your support, guys. That's awesome. Love it. Legends. And don't forget to tell us on Twitter or Facebook or email if that's, you know, if that's your thing. Which one do you want to see after Tigers in Decline? Do you want to see a Twill Nation one? Or do you want to see an undefeated asterisk shirt? Or do you want to see both? In well, which case, that's what I figure. I figured both will probably get done anyway. But um, you know, I guess it's you know which one you want to see first. I think I'd go with the undefeated asterisk, only because yeah. it's got my flavour on it. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to do the Twill Nation one and do it like you know if we had like a, a membership thing. Hmm. And people, you know, we throw a shirt in and some other crap with the you know. I like the way you think. Mm, interesting. A lot of people have actually indicated that they'd support something like that. You know, if they, you know, like a an additional thing or whatever. You know, we'd have to think about what extra stuff we could provide people who, who wanted to support us in that way. But yeah, I guess get in touch with us if you've got any thoughts on that either, because we haven't really thought about it at all. So <laughs> hit us up. Happy to uh, take all input on board. Exactly. All right. That is all we have time for this week. It's going to be a good weekend for you. No risk of defeat. No. Be fairly calm. And me, 
just more for no against the Raka. No risk of defeat. <laughs> no, no risk of defeat. And uh, yeah, um, yeah, it should be a nice boost for and against uh, with any luck. So yes, I'm. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Tigers coming back after the bye weekend and uh, renewing their charge to Premiership glory, as I've been calling them for all season. Or have it derailed because remember. Benji's going to reveal his next move or if he's going to stay or whatever after the bye week or during That'll the bye week. That'll be a nice boost for the Tigers when Benji says that he's... Uh, Fucking off to the Warriors. taking up his, uh, his, his elaborate deal uh, to the end of 2015 and uh, upgrade his uh, his income, which is which will be well-deserved by the time he delivers another premiership. How is that deal elaborate? It's fairly fucking lucrative, let's say that. Elaborate doesn't mean lucrative, though. I mean, elaborate. You're saying you're saying his his deal is throw passes over the sideline, miss goals, get paid cash money. It's there's nothing elaborate. There's nothing elaborate about that. In his eyes, there is. I'm doing fuck all for heaps of cash. That's elaborate in my terms. P.S. It's twenty past eleven at night. Let's wrap Let, it up then. <laughs> let's not hammer Glenn about words. All right. Cheers. <laughs>